What's up, guys? It's a vigorous q and I'm double-checking if my microphone is working, but it appears to be working. Okay, first things first. Uh, let's see. Some updates. There's going to be a 30% discount on Gorilla Mode. 30 fucking percent. Uh, and we lost monetization. Great. So anyway, 30% discount on Gorilla Mode. So it's going to be like almost $35 in total from the regular $50, I believe. It's starting on Monday, 10 a.m. PST time. I already posted the direct link down below to the Gorilla Mind website where you can purchase Gorilla Mode if you're interested. Stock up because the last time there was a 30% discount on Gorilla Mode, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, so these uh, these offers don't come along often. So if you're interested, start purchasing. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to that ebook by Dr. Edward uh, Arushayan Shanian, uh, which was posted on Cosmic Nootropics. Also, direct link down below for the guys who didn't watch the previous Vigorous Q and A or one before that, where I talked about this ebook. Very interesting read about cognitive benefits, brain function, nootropics, right? things that are all uh, relevant for what we're interested in here in this YouTube channel. And a little bit of a worrisome topic, um, YouTube changed their uh, policies again. Now medical misinformation, uh, as directed by the World Health Organization, might be, um, I don't know, a bannable or, a, you know, a muting offense, just like happened, what happened to RX Muscle. I, I believe they gave some information which uh, YouTube didn't agree with, uh, medical information that is, and they were muted for a week. Now, I haven't really seen any new updates from them, so I'm not even sure if they're still, uh, if they're unmuted, they can post some content now. Um, but considering what we talk about here in this YouTube channel, uh, I might have to make some adjustments going forward and review all of my older videos, because again, I do keep track of, um, you know, what is allowed and what is not allowed. Maybe stretch a little bit here and there. But uh, of course, it's not worth losing my channel over if these policies keep changing. So maybe at one point I'll be Vanilla Steve going forward. Okay, so those were the three updates. Again, links down below if you're interested in for uh, discounts or ebooks or uh, the updated YouTube policies. Tons of questions, so let's just get into it. <clears throat> All right, Code Dog Style asks cycle update. Last three weeks of cycle added 100 milligrams of Primo to the 200 milligrams per week of testosterone, I'm assuming. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, testosterone. Kept aromas in 12.5 milligrams uh, Monday, Friday, so that's twice a week. Added 20 milligrams sublingual anivore pre-workout on training days. Oh yeah, this is one of those questions that's like multitude of different, um, yeah, overlays. So here we go. Keep keep a mental note. And again, guys, try to shorten your questions. Do us all a favor. Uh, let's see, where are we? Bloods taken at the end. Uh, total testosterone, 1,000 nanograms. Redestillator free. Okay, okay, SSBG. Interesting, prolactin, that's a little bit on the high side. Okay, guys, if you uh, want me to accurately read your blood work results, since I can't remember all of the reference ranges, uh, include the fucking reference range. <laughs> really, because, you know, I, I think prolactin of 112 sounds very high, but I could be mistaken from the reference range. So, um, ALT is 86 units per liter. It's a little bit out, double upper limit, all other... Uh, LFTs are in range, HDL skewed, assuming from Anivar. Okay, you know, buddy, like it's better just to schedule a consultation because you're asking for full blood work review. And uh, that's not really what <laughs> the figures Q&A is meant for. So um, let's see, if do I see anything alarming? 
Do I see anything alarming on your blood work? Your liver enzymes are high and your prolactin is probably a little bit too high. But again, I could be mistaken on the reference range here. So, I don't know. Figure it out. This is way too much information for what the figure skew and A is meant for. So let's keep going. Filippo's Jim asks, Hey Steve, what do you think of the following off-season cycle to build some lean mass with a few side with as few side effects as possible? 400 milligrams test, uh, 200 milligrams primo, two I use growth hormone per day. Sounds fine, um, you know, depending on your body fat levels and how much fat you're going to gain over the off-season. The two to one ratio of testosterone to primo might be a little bit um, too much on the testosterone side. And thus you get a lot of aromatization um, and, and high estradiol levels. And you might be a little bit more watery since you're in a caloric surplus. Um, you know, it might work. Maybe you're starting off super shredded. I, again, I don't know what you look like and what your, um, you know, bodybuilding history is. So, uh, or what your aromatized enzyme potential is for that matter. So uh, you can start with this personally. I would start with 300 tests, 300 primo, and then check your blood work four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks into it, see where your estradiol levels are at. And then if you can get away with 400 tests, 200 primo, uh, by all means continue because you know the anabolic response is going to be pretty similar. But if your estradiol levels are unfavorable on 300 tests, 300 primo, and they're favorable on 400 tests, 200 primo, then from a um, you know financial aspect, it's certainly a lot cheaper. And since you're in the off season, uh, cosmetically, you're not going to look that good anyway because you're eating you know high carbs, a lot of foods, uh, putting on the mass, right? Um, and that means uh, you know the primos kind of wasted on you from a cosmetic appearance. So maybe you go with 600 tests and an aromatized inhibitor. It's probably a lot cheaper, and you'll elicit the same amount of anabolism. Um, and I, again, I don't think that aromatized inhibitors are the devil unless you overdo them. Next one from Filippo's Jim. Hey, Steve, how long does it usually take to see results with taking GH? There are rumors that visible changes only occur after several months. Um, I would say the density and the hardness and the overall muscle maturity that growth hormone potentiates. Yes, it might take some time, but the fullness and the potential for fat loss that can come in as little as five days where you look a little bit fuller. Of course, you're more water retentive after five days. And then from the two week mark, you um, start to lose fat. Now, you're taking this in a off season. So then don't expect to lose too much fat, especially if you take uh, two IU's growth hormone before bed. You're just going to elicit an anabolic response and the fat loss is probably not going to be there because you're in a caloric surplus. So that means that, um, let's see, that means, where was I? My God, <laughs> that means that you're going to have to wait until you're lean again for these physical, uh, visual changes to really be uh, noticeable um, because, you know, the muscle density, the maturity, the detail, the separation, um, that is only something you can see when you're lean. So, um, and even, even if you stay lean all the way through and you'll use a boatload of GH, I would still say that you need three to six months before you really see the, you know, the muscle maturity and the 3D effect um, really start to show besides the fullness that will come in five days. So again, if you use growth hormone for like two years straight, that's night and day different. And if you use it for 10 years straight, which is what I did, um, yeah, they have all these little microfibers when you flex and it's, it, you know, it looks like all these fibers are dancing when you're, um, you know, performing exercise. That is really, really cool, uh, but that will set you back quite a lot of money. <laughs> I'll tell you that. All right, Marco. 
asks, currently on 375 milligrams tests per week to ASDH, 12.5 milligrams aromacin twice a week, 10 milligrams zetamib, 20 milligrams salmosartan upon waking, feeling great, should I add Primo in a one-to-one -one ratio or increase uh, to 500 milligrams of testosterone as a peak off-season? So basically, I'm answering you the same as what I did the other guy. Um, I would go to 500 tests because it's cheaper, you're in the off-season, the anabolic uh, response is going to be pretty similar. And since you're already running an aromatized inhibitor, you can go to... Um, well, let's say 12.5 milligrams of aromacin three times per week, albeit that that's a little bit more aromacin for the amount of testosterone compared to uh, two servings for 375 test. So if you go from 375 to 500, uh, maybe you need 12.5 uh, milligrams of aromacin twice a week and then on Wednesday, right? Monday, Friday, you do 12.5 milligrams and then on Wednesday, you do 6.25 milligrams, um, which may be enough or maybe not. Again, we don't know. It depends on your aromatized enzyme potential. Do your freaking blood work and then confirm which route you need to go. Do you need more than uh, 6.25 milligrams aromacin on this Wednesday that you now um, added on top of your stack? Maybe you need 12.5 or maybe it's enough. And you can continue as is, you know, save the primo for your next um, cutting phase, I would say. Social justice warrior. Nice. Ask sub sir, would a bombs that's anadrol for the uninitiated be worth adding to a testosterone equipoise cycle? And would you happen to know the half life? Um, man, not off the top of my head. And I think if you go to Wikipedia, they don't list the half life, but I have it listed somewhere. So, social justice warrior, when you're uh, when we're done with this podcast, please ask me in the comment section and then I'll, I'll look into my notes because I have it listed somewhere. I think it was like 12 to 16 hours but i could be mistaken there 10.4 or is that the one from anavar um i have it listed somewhere so just ask me in the comment section so i'll see that come past in my youtube comment management uh, system and then i'll answer it there going through my notes um so would it be worth adding to a test in eq cycle i would say yes assuming it's in the off season and you know andro is also pretty good during contest prep to sustain fullness especially when you use insulin growth hormone and perhaps igf1 on top of it right? fullness for dates doesn't matter how low your carbs are um, you're still <laughs> looking full just you get no pump unfortunately so uh, yeah, give it a try, right? Check your testosterone uh, and check your estrogen levels because, of course, equipoise can reduce the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. And uh, since anadrol potentially binds to the estrogen receptor, you want to make sure that your estrogen levels are in range or maybe a little bit lower than, um, you know, the reference range, let's say 30, 35 picograms per milliliter. Then when you do add the anadrol in, that you don't get... Uh, extra estrogen receptor binding, again, potentially, on top of the estrogen that's already present in your bloodstream and thus um, could potentially cause gynecomastia, right? If you were on test NPP or uh, decadurabolin, it will be more problematic, but it's still too good to confirm that with blood work just to make sure that everything is uh, on the right place. All right, here we are. Sander, Sander van den Bent, sounds Dutch or Belgian. Uh, as is the entrepreneur stack still in development? Yes, and it's now finally finished. So I'll be recording next week, but it might be a couple of days before the first episode drops because I think we'll probably need like four episodes of maybe 30 to 20 minutes or 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how you look at it. 
um, because there's a lot to go through. <laughs> a lot of nootropics and a lot of methods to put in place. So yeah, we'll, uh, I'll record that next week and then I'll release that over the next couple of weeks also when I'm in the United States so you guys have some uh, content to watch except, you know, besides me uh, doing some silly vlogging stuff which might not happen, might happen. I'm, I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right, so yeah, uh, stay tuned for the entrepreneur stack and uh, also uh, fingers crossed for some vlogging contact when I'm in the USA. Uh, Octavian asks, is uh, the coach going to make a video on how to reconstitute Ovitrol on for TRT? Well, Ovitrol comes in uh, half, a, yeah, half a milliliter uh, syringes, um, so you don't have to reconstitute that because it's already in liquid form but I can show you how to transfer the Ovitrol to Sterovals or transfer that to six insulin syringes if you're going to go with 1,080 IUs Merck Ovitrol uh, HCG, that is, um, you know, for fertility protocol, which is what I'm doing basically. So I can show you that, um, you know, hit the like button and let me know in the comment section if you would like to uh, me to do some more unboxing videos because I, um, I got some supplies at home. Roy Deckard asks, my previous gear was undergone lab, testosterone cypionate. Now I have a prescription for an online company that has both testosterone cypionate and DHEA in it. Injectable DHEA? Hmm. What sort of benefits or difference might I expect from uh, this addition? Okay, so uh, you clearly didn't watch the, you know, uh, <laughs> the how to design your TRT protocol videos, which you should, because there I explain in depth, and I have several videos about this, in-depth explanations on why DHEA and pregnenolone are beneficial when you're using, um, you know, TRT or steroid cycles for that matter. Long story short, when you take testosterone, your hypothalamic pituitary testes actually shut down and thus the signal from the pituitary to the testicles is no longer present in the form of luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, and thus um, testicular function kind of shuts down, but adrenal function partially shuts down because the adrenals also are responsive to luteinizing hormone. So when you replace the signal of luteinizing hormone to the adrenals and the testicles with HCG, you might get some additional testosterone, estrogen, and spermatogenesis in the testicles and neural cell production in the adrenals in the form of DHA, DHA sulfate, pregnenolone, pregnenolone sulfate. If you're not running HCG, which is not the case uh, based on your message right here, then you need um, DHEA and pregnenolone to kind of backfill the neurosteroids that you're now missing out of. Confirm that with blood work. Right? Check where your DJ sulfate pregnenolone levels are at. And then uh, make an informed decision with the, the evidence that you have in front of you if you need DHEA and pregnenolone supplementation. And then you'll have to figure out if a morning uh, dosing regimen is beneficial, either is that sublingual or you know orally or buffered with foods or in the evening or splitting up the dose, which seems to work best for most people, right? Figure out which protocol works for you. Not everybody responds well to DHEA. Most people do, however. That's why I always see in the comment section, DHEA was a life changer, pregnenolone was a life changer, or both were a life changer. Uh, you fix all my libido issues and my cognitive issues after the honeymoon phase of TRT kind of went away, which is the reason, uh, which is the cause by neurosteroid levels kind of decline. And sometimes also SHBG levels declining because you do um, too much TRT for your own good. So, um, you know, testosterone cypionate, I don't think you can compound that with DHEA, um, but maybe they can. I'm not aware. But I would inject your test sip and take your DHEA orally, sublingually, or uh, buffered with food. So, watch those videos, you'll get some ideas. 
Darius, uh, do you have a list of favorite cheap growth hormone generics for those with little money to spare? Um, no, I haven't really been keeping track for generics, to be honest. Um, I, I really don't know, dude. I really don't know. I think all generics are the same. The last good generics I had were from Russia. A friend of mine imported those to Thailand. They had like boxes of 25 vials. Well, I think it was called Dynatropin. Let me see. Dynatropin. Is that true? Dipatropin? I'm not sure, but that was that's like six, seven years ago, so it's probably off the market. Uh, so no, I don't know. If you um, if you can't find any good cheap generics, then MK677 might be an option. I will drop a video next week on how to sustain insulin sensitivity when you're using MK677, um, so you don't have to go uh, turn yourself into a diabetic. Right? I, I know people are still going to use it, and I know these questions are still going to arise, so might as well make a fucking video about it so I can get the monetization income. And then uh, at least for a month, people will stop asking <laughs> the MK677 questions. All right, Darius, another one. Uh, I just ordered Genotropin for 24 uh, re-up. And uh, from your website source list, what are the chances of getting denatured in transport? Um, so with Genotropin, I don't think that's going to be very likely because Genotropin is not reconstituted yet. You have to uh, reconstitute it yourself. You get Genotropin pens, they're quite large. Right, almost you could basically slap somebody to death with those things. Don't do it. It's very expensive to murder somebody with genotropin, obviously, but they're that big and that heavy. But basically, long story short, you have the cartridge, you have the lifel oh, you have the water and the lifelized puck, and then you twist A to B. You have the instructions on YouTube readily available and in the instruction manual that you'll get with your genotropin. So you start twisting, then the liquid goes up into the lifelized puck, and then it reconstitutes. And then uh, you have to twist B to C, and then you really have to be careful not to squirt out all of the, the liquid, unfortunately, which is the mistake that most people make when they start reconstituting the GH, uh, in the, uh, the genotropin, uh, because you don't expect all the water to start shooting out. So what you do is you, um, you twist as far as you can until you have a little bit of an air bubble, then you replace the BD microfine, which you have to put on to kind of let the air out, and then you put the insulin syringe on top, so you can uh, capture whatever liquid is now shooting out. So you just twist it and you might get like to the 4 IU line or even the 8 IU line of your insulin syringe. And you have to do some fancy calculation, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, you know, let's whip out the, uh, the calculator off screen. Um, I don't know how much liquid is in there. So uh, whatever liquid and uh, IU dose is in there, you'll have to do some fancy um, calculation. So you know how much of this liquid that just transferred from the genotropin pen to the insulin syringe, um, the amount of IUs of growth hormone that it contains. All right, next one. Let's drink some water here. Marcus asks, hey, Steve. Could you explain the difference between 7-keto DHEA and DHEA briefly and the use of 7-keto DHEA during HRT? There are a lot of different opinions about 7-keto DHEA, DHEA during HRT. Um, <clears throat> so 7-keto DHEA is basically a metabolite of DHEA that primarily acts on the metabolism and keeps that going. From my personal experience, 
and uh, talking to people who have run DHEA, uh, 7 Keto DHEA. If you're a woman, it will work. My wife really liked 7 Keto DHEA to sustain her metabolism without any androgenic, um, andro virilizing effects. Androgenic, androgenic, that's the one. Androgenic and virilizing effects, um, which DHEA can potentially cause if you take too much, converting into testosterone. But 7 Keto DHEA doesn't have any uh, overlap with the androgen receptor, apparently, no virilizing effect. So, very female friendly. But because men are an HRT and testosterone is also known to boost, um, to boost metabolism and sustain that, um, you know, in a caloric deficit, 7 Keto DHEA doesn't really do anything on top of that. I didn't get anything out of it. Everybody that I talked to didn't get any anything out of it. So Marcus, um, I'm pretty convinced that you're a man. So I would stay with away from 7 Keto DHEA and um, go with DHEA instead. Some of that will convert into 7 Keto DHEA. But if you raise your testosterone a little bit, um, you will probably elicit more of a metabolic response than the 7 Keto DHEA. You have a lot of testosterone. Women have very little testosterone. And thus, 7 kilo DHA makes more of a difference. So that's how I look at it. Um, I don't know. If your HRT is like abysmal at 100 milligrams per week, maybe it will work. But most self-respecting men start with 150 and go up to 200, 250 um, over the next couple of weeks. And then I don't think 7 kilo DHA at 200 milligrams per day is going to do anything. Minister asks, hey, Steve, I'm on a bulking cycle, 500 test, 10 milligrams of Anivar, 250 Primo, 2 AUs GH, 8 AU Atlantis. I've had good gains so far. Thinking, uh, thanks to you. <laughs> my pleasure. Good to hear. Uh, my Primo only lasts for another four weeks. Um, I have a good amount of Mastrone and Parabolin because I've never used them. Okay, after watching your videos, please suggest me a cycle to maximize gains for another 10 weeks. Blood work last uh, in last week's cues. Yeah, I don't remember that. So I'm going to assume that your blood work is good. Right? That's your responsibility, not mine. Uh, so uh, let's see. Running out of Primo. Doing all this uh, Anivar and Atlantis. You're in a bulking cycle. If you have a lot of experience, uh, add in like, uh, you know, 70 milligrams, 75 milligrams of uh, Trimbolone. So that's Parabolin. One milliliter, usually Parabolin is 75 milligrams for one milliliter. One amp or one milliliter per week to replace the Primo with because you're on GH and uh, insulin. And that will surely yield uh, some sort of synergy. But if you're not that experienced, um, add in the Mastrone, 250 milligrams. And since Mastrone is, you know, in my opinion, purely a cosmetic aid, um, so you'll just use that to control your estrogen levels. Uh, it might not be enough, but if you're if 500 tests and 250 milligrams of Primo is enough to control your estrogen levels, you can add in the Mastrone. But I would increase your testosterone to maybe 750 per week. So you're basically removing the Primo, taking that 250 milligrams of Primo and adding that on top, 250 milligrams, adding that on top of your testosterone dose, and I have 750 milligrams, and then you might need 250 milligrams up to 375 milligrams of mastrone to, um, you know, inhibit conversion of testosterone into estradiol and keep your estrogen levels in range. And if you go with 500 test and 75 milligrams parabolin, you might still need some mastrone <laughs> to control your uh, conversion of testosterone into estradiol. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bulk. So I would rather have you just run straight test and use an aromatized inhibitor or straight test and mastrone. 
but if you're really advanced, uh, look into parabolin. And again, it, it really depends on what you want, how your blood work looks, uh, what you can tolerate, and um, how much of experience you already have. You know, there's there's multitude of different answers for this particular case. Ahmed asks, hey coach, what common deficiency and toxicity do you see amongst bodybuilders? Um, assuming you're talking about micronutrients. So the common de um, deficiency of micronutrients are, um, let's see, magnesium, very underrated. Potassium, very underrated. Vitamin D3, B vitamins. Uh, iron is usually okay because most guys uh, do eat some beef in their diet, but still you see uh, it sometimes where men are just chronically iron deficient. Again, you can prove that with blood work. Um, what else? Vitamin K, but it usually comes later in the form of plaque buildup, right? That's one of those hidden deficiencies that you don't really notice until you uh, you go for a CT scan with uh, contrast and then suddenly your coronary artery is full with plaque buildup. That could be due to inflammatory states or high calcium levels because your blood is acidic or a vitamin K deficiency, which transports calcium from uh, the blood into bones and skeletal muscle. So... Um, I, I wrote an article about this. You know what? I'm going to post it right away because otherwise I'm going to forget. I wrote an entire article about micronutrient deficiencies uh, that people mistake for side effects related to steroids. Of course, never nobody reads that because nobody reads anymore. And it's, it's a very lengthy article. Um, and of course, you would rather have me do a video about that. But when I do a video about a topic like that... Um, I think I made a small video about this at one point, but probably didn't get any views because it's not about Incrolex or Trembolone. So, you know, just shot myself in the foot wasting another video. Uh, <laughs> wasting so much editing time. All right, so I just saved it. So um, down below, the, the fourth topic is the mineral deficiency checklist for enhanced bodybuilders, where I go over all the micronutrient deficiencies that men mistake. Yeah, I made a video about that. Steroid side effects or micronutrient deficiency. How many views did that get? Uh, let me see. It's so, so frustrating sometimes that you make something good and then... You're up your God, it looks so young here. Uh, 5,700 5, views. Yeah, that's a bit abysmal. Should be 10,000 at least. Okay, guys, make it so. I right, go forth and prosper. So there I cover everything. Give that one a watch. Ahmed asks, in your year-round supplement stack, isn't B vitamins too much and K2 also too high dose? No, so I just explained that most guys are deficient in B vitamins and uh, vitamin K2 or, uh, you know, K, uh, what, K1 and K2, MK4, MK7. Um, men need to have that a little bit more because you have a higher calcium requirement, usually also higher calcium intake, especially if you take um, casein, uh, caseinate. Uh, or hydrolyzed casein protein, which has a lot of calcium, or you take a lot of dairy products, or a lot of oatmeal contains a lot of calcium, and a lot of meat sources also contain calcium. So you need this transport of calcium into the bones and skeletal muscle, so you can contract your muscles properly and don't give, give yourself a plaque buildup in coronary artery disease. And it's the same for B vitamins. We're putting so much strain on our muscles and our, our nervous system and our overall metabolism is dependent on B vitamins acting as cofactors for the enzymatic reactions. So you need a lot of them. It doesn't matter if it goes over the daily recommended intake. You have more requirements than the daily recommended intake and sometimes even more requirement than the upper tolerable limit. What the world, uh, what was it? Um, whatever establishment 
National Institute of Health of the United States. They established some ranges, right? And then most men that are performance enhancing drugs training and saying, do better when most of their micronutrients and minerals are uh, towards or slightly over the reference range with the exclusion of maybe selenium, vitamin E, and uh, chromium, which can potentiate some toxic effects. So oh, that's what you wanted to know, right? Toxicity. Uh, chromium. <laughs> Abused. Yeah, look into 1,100 micrograms chromium per day um, can cause some serious issues to your kidneys. And uh, so everybody, you know, mega dosing their uh, glucose disposal agents with every single meal, uh, slim pins, or so, what was it, uh, slim pills with, uh, you know, a thousand micrograms of chromium per day. Not a good idea. But it's usually the steroids that make people toxic, not their food. It's a lack of nutrition that's problematic. Um, yeah, lack, lack of quality nutrition. Ahmed asks, I'm on 40 milligrams of serotonin. Will I get better CNS recovery using 2.5 milligrams in the bivalent post-workout? Knowing that I'm resetting my heart rate is... Uh, oh, knowing that my <laughs> resting heart rate, not resetting heart rate, is 56 by not using stims, just hard workout. Um, let's see. You might want to reduce your telmisartan to 20 milligrams and uh, use an abivalent after that. Because if your heart rate, resting heart rate is already that low... It might be even lower. My resting heart rate is 40, 45, by the way. So it can always go lower, right? Every time I lay there on the hospital beds checking my um, my heart rate on the electrocardiogram, they get a little bit scared because I have brachycardia. And uh, I, I tell them, no, don't worry. I'm just no stress, better blockers, and I'm an athlete. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah, maybe reduce your uh, Tomasartan to 20 milligrams, add in the Nibivolol, keep track of your blood pressure, um, take that post-workout, and then see what your resting heart rate do, uh, does and uh, what your blood pressure does before you make any further changes. All right. Next one. Why people used to say that equipoise... Oh, not medical advice, by the way. Fuck, <laughs> before the World Health Organization comes down on my ass. Uh, why people used to say that Equipoise and Primo should be used in high dosages only and only for a long time to see effects. What if I want to use 300 EQ, 300 Primo alongside 500 testosterone inotate? Well, um, you know, usually on the message boards, there were uh, steroid uh, gurus, right, who also operated underground labs. And they have a financial incentive for you to run a lot of Primo and a lot of Baldenone for a very long time. And also, they say higher dosages because it was probably underdosed. So the 300 milligrams of Baldenone per one milliliter that you thought you bought may have been 200 milligrams or 150 milligrams per one milliliter. So if they tell you to run a gram, you might be running 500 milligrams, which is a good dose to get a good response. And the longer you run it, of course, the more of an anabolic response you get. Same for Primo. They say 100 milligrams per one milliliter or even 200 milligrams per milliliter. Um, you get no post-injection pain. So you're like, oh, this is the best Primo ever. And it's 200 milligrams for one milliliter. No, you can't. It's 50 milligrams. <laughs> the source is scamming you. That's why I always tell you guys to stick with pharmaceutical grade. And, uh, oh, there, there's no pharmaceutical grade Baldenone. You don't have to use it. So uh, trust your source. 300 milligrams of uh, EQ, 300 milligrams of Primo, and 500 test. That's uh, 1,100 milligrams per week. You should make some pretty f good fucking gains on that, especially if you use Nibivolol to reduce your heart rate and to keep those calories preserved for recovery of your skeletal muscle. Ahmed asks, is it possible to have my digestion and bloat to get better on low-fiber over high-fiber diet? 
Um, depends, you know, some people respond better to soluble fiber or other people respond better to insoluble fiber. So if you get bloated right now, it could be a lack of fiber or because you have too much soluble or insoluble fiber through an elimination diet, you have to figure this out or too much. Too little, too much fiber can cause bloating and gas because if you have a lot of fiber, it kind of slows digestion to the point your food starts to ferment. And if you have too little fiber, some of the food can stay behind because fiber usually passes through through the intestinal tract. So you can take a nice fat dump the next day or maybe even the same day. Um, so if some of the food stays behind, um, that can also ferment and cause gas. It's not the fiber that ferments and causes gas. It's the other food. So if you eat eggs and you have some onion with that, for example, and you don't have enough fiber for you to pass that through, the uh, FODMAP foods, the onion or the garlic, will um, turn into gas and then will, some of the, the eggs will leak into that, the sulfur. So now you have a fart. It doesn't smell like onion, but it smells like sulfur coming from the egg. So you're like, oh, man, that's a nasty fart. Um, probably if you reduce the onions and increase the fiber intake with that meal, um, you probably don't fart at all. Again, nutrition is a whole different subject and you need to play all the cards for you to get it right. And sometimes it takes some time, um, but you're well off doing that because I've been doing elimination diets and paying extra special attention to my diet and making all these adjustments as I get older. Um, yeah, turning 40 in four days, guys. Anyway, um, so I keep accurate track of it and I have a zero gas and I only have to wipe twice, maybe three times. Yes, I do use toilet paper. I never got into the hose here in uh, Thailand. All right, getting into the other questions. Uh, does Thomas Horton affect strength negatively and will Cialis be a better option? Um, some people report, report like a little bit of a loss of strength on Thomas Horton or angiotensin receptor blockers in general or uh, ACE inhibitors, angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors or even beta blockers or statins, cholesterol medications, there's a boatload of medications out there that could potentially negatively affect your gains. Um, so if you suspect that it's happening, take the Thomas Hartan out, give yourself two weeks. Um, hopefully your blood pressure doesn't go up too high during this time. And then add in the Cialis and see if you make better gains that way, right? Controlling your blood pressure, you can do a million different things. So whatever works in the total picture we have to look into the total picture not romanticize one compound over the other because some people respond better to one compound than another compound the best compound for you is the compound that works the best for you as an individual so if that's not telmasartan it could be velsartan or lisinopril or cialis or uh, managing your electrolyte intake here we go again right so uh, give it a try see what works you can always go back to telmasartan uh, does it make sense to keep dinomethanum calcium deglucate when running an aromatized inhibitor using DHC derivatives to control estradiol? Uh, probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. You can take those out. Um, I don't think that dinomethane is an androgen or an anti-androgen. There's two studies that show that it might have some anti-androgenic effect or anti-androgen uh, anti receptor effects in prostate cancer, but that doesn't mean that these effects translate into skeletal muscle, right? It's just Two studies, old studies, uh, determined in prostate cancer in vitro, I believe. So, you know, extrapolating from that, a lot of I see that every time I mention dinomethane in the comments, says, yeah, but dinomethane is an anti-androgen. No, you stupid fuck. Read the fucking studies, do a little bit of research, stop regurgitating what you read on some, uh, you know, forum or from some other educator. Um, do a little bit of research yourself and then make a decision. And if you come to the same conclusion, 
All right, good on you. Don't use it. Um, I've never seen anybody get any uh, anti-anabolic or diminishing returns from using uh, dynomethin or calcium diglucrate because cal calcium diglucrate can promote conversion or the excretion of testosterone because now it gets um, the glucuronidide recycling of testosterone, glucuronidide conjugated testosterone no longer takes place. And now the testosterone is going out of your system and the DHT is going out of your system and the estradiol is going out of your system. And now we all get tiny and fucking small, um, you know, just like those fat chinned educators out there. Um, I've never seen it happen <laughs> ever, right? So don't overcomplicate it. But in your case, if you're already on an AI or using a DHT derivative and you do your blood work, then I don't think it's required. Dynomethan and calcium diglucrate is good for naturals or for men on TRT. But as soon as you go to TRT plus or HRT plus for that matter, which I mentioned in those videos, uh, then it's no longer required, right? That's why I mentioned dynomethan and calcium diglucrate or aromazine. And when I mentioned, no, there was a step-by-step -step cycle design. That's dropping on Monday. Yeah, that's dropping on Monday. You'll see testosterone dosage just goes up. At one point, uh, calcium diglucrate and dynomethane comes out. You're solely cruising on aromacin. And then when the primobolin or the mastron or the boldenone comes in, the aromacin comes out, right? So wait until Monday. It will all be revealed then. Bumpy dingus. Fuck, this username is fucking epic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a pumpy dingus uh, not too long ago because it is uh, ovulation time for my wife. Yeah. yeah, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. How is Winstrol as a pre-workout oral? Can it be used on top of Anadrol one to two uh, weeks safely? Um, no, I, I think Winstrol is better if you split it up because you're purely using that for cosmetic purposes. And of course, you can use it. I mean, it will increase strength, but I think it's better if you space it out so it can inhibit the progesterone receptor and thus, uh, you know, alter your collagen structures in the skin and also in connective tissue, which might uh, might make it compromised, you know, for uh, muscle injury. So I would take the Anadrol pre-workout one or two times per week. And then if you want to run Winstrol, assuming you have a testosterone base, don't be a dummy, use testosterone base. Uh, I would do Winstrol uh, split up two or three times over the day. Well, I think Anadrol, Dianabol, Halotestin, Superdrol, Trinabol, Anivar. Uh, fuck, that's all the other ones besides Winstrol, right? Oh, yeah, uh, Proviron. Yeah, uh, Winstrol and Proviron, not pre-workout, but all the other ones. Uh, pre-workout orals, especially check drops. And you get that dropper, put it underneath the tongue. Ooh, yeah, hide, hide the bitches, that's for sure. When is the best time to take Nibivolol when training in the morning? Um, Pre-workout or post-workout? If you want, um, you know, the reduction of the, the you know, getting to, uh, from the fight or flight state into the uh, rest and digest state, you take your Nibivolol post-workout. But since it has such a long active life, you can also take it pre-workout. Right? But if you take a pre-workout, your heart rate will be reduced. Some men respond well to that. Some men don't respond well to that. It, it depends. Chase Irons hated beta blockers, and I love beta blockers. Uh, maybe it's because it takes so much caffeine, and then you take the edge off. Maybe that's why. Right? Maybe, uh, and look at uh, you know Chase Irons. That guy's so chill. Holy shit. He's the most chill guy I've ever seen in my life on that much steroids. Really. He's so laid back. 
uh, but I'm usually quite all over the place and jittery and all that stuff. So I need to bring my heart rate down with better blockers. And if anything, um, you know, Chase Irons could do uh, from a nice injectable dose of ephedrine and then get the day started and be as wired as I am right now. Yeah, Gorillamide Respawn. Not ephedrine, Gorillamide Respawn. Best new tropic on the market. Thomas, why do you recommend tests and an AI as a budget cycle instead of tests and EQ, for example? Um, well, again, it, it kind of depends, right? So if you go and test an EQ, you might get anxiety. You might get increased hematocrit. You might get, um, uh, I mean, you know, other side effects related to EQ. Uh, and it's an underground lab, right? So you have to worry about sterility and then, you know, oh. Let's not bore you guys. You know, you know what I think about underground labs. But with testing an AI, you can get AI as pharmaceuticals and testosterone as a pharmaceutical. And even if you don't get AI as a pharmaceutical, underground labs are usually on point because the raws are quite inexpensive. And um, it's an oral. So it's very unlikely that you're allergic to the binders, right? Sometimes it happens. You take an oral steroid and you get a, or you, you take an oral, whether that's an ancillary or an oral steroid, you get a fucking rash because they use some sort of binder that you're allergic to. That happens, right? But it's very rare for that to happen compared to the synthetic uh, carrier oils and the sterility issues and the heavy metals and, and whatever that might be problematic with underground labs. So if you care about your health, you don't want to do blood work as frequently, uh, testosterone and aromatase inhibitor, in my opinion, is safer than testosterone and boldenone. Um, but again, if you don't want to use an aromatase inhibitor and you want to use test and boldenone in a one-to-one -one ratio and you really trust your source, go right ahead. Don't forget to watch those two videos about boldenone in relation to kidney health. I think some of the scientific evidence is greatly exaggerated. They didn't realize about the, the nephro... Um, protective effects, nephroprotective effects of vitamin C or all the antioxidants or estradiol for that matter. I did, didn't factor that in besides a couple studies. Um, so I would say if you're on top of your vitamin C, antioxidants and estradiol levels being, you know, at the top of the reference range, I think you're okay still. Um, you know, the evidence is there. So you might have to want to, you might want to take that into consideration um, if you want to run EQ instead of AI. Then again, if you really dive into the AIs, you can find a boatload of different things wrong with them as well, especially when um, serum estradiol levels are chronically suppressed, which, funnily enough, the side effects related to aromatase inhibitors are very similar to the effects or the, you know, the problematic effects of um, uh, postmenopause when serum estradiol levels are low. So there's a huge overlap there. Both cases are low estrogen, if you didn't catch my drift. Is Yalis uh, congesting dose dependent? Discontinued due to severe congestion at 7.5 milligrams. Yeah, that can happen. Uh, but usually you get used to that. And, and with Cialis, it's not as bad as Viagra. So take like 25 milligrams of Viagra. Oh man, your face will be so stuffed. It's horrible. Um, again, if you're congested, uh, maybe the air quality isn't so good. Maybe you just need to uh, do a couple saunas to get over that, right? To clear out your sinuses and that kind of stuff. But yeah, you know, what happens is that Cialis, of course, uh, dilates the capillaries. And if the capillaries dilate, especially in the sinus area, you feel more congested because there's more blood flow and also more um, fluid coming into that area. And if it's already irritated, um, then it can get um, even more irritated. So maybe look into your surroundings, maybe, um, you know, what is it called? Uh, seasonal uh, allergies, something like that, or pollution, or right? I have like four um, 
what is it called? Uh, man, of these air, air purifiers. So let's just keep it simple. Air purifiers are all over my house because sometimes I feel congested as well. And these air purifiers just really um, clean up the air, air airways and then you can run, uh, you know, 20 milligram Cialis, no problem. Yeah, even though I feel a bit congested now. Hmm. I have a big fucking nose. You should see my dad dad's nose. That's a big nose. Mm. Luckily, I didn't get those genetics. Ahmed, I read the article and saw that video before. I'm gonna find a comment. I left there too. Okay, I'll, I'll have a look if I don't forget. Happy birthday in advance. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. I don't think I'll go live on my birthday, but I will be doing some celebration. Uh, I will be no vlogging of that though. <laughs> Not YouTube um, approved. Thomas. Uh, the clinic I'm going to uh, do my blood work at don't do um, electrocardiograms or echocardiograms but okay so it doesn't do echocardiograms it's the ultrasound on your heart but does do electrocardiograms so that's the electrodes just to kind of see you know what your heart rate is <clears throat> is there a big difference between them man one, one, one second yeah, I'm congested and um, dry throat Pray for me, guys. <laughs> Do a little prayer for me. Uh, so the difference is um, an echocardiogram can check your ejection fraction, can check your, um, you know, your ventriculars, your heart chambers. If you have heart enlargement over left ventricular hypertrophy, the overall blood flow through your heart. If you have regurgitation in between any of the uh, heart chambers in the atrium, right? It's a lot more detailed, not as detailed as a magnetic resonance imaging with contrast or CT angiogram, like uh, the computed tomo to fuck, whatever it stands for, computed tomo <laughs> fucking English, dude. Computed tomo tomography, computed tomography. Sometimes it's like unpronounceable until you see it in front of your face. So computed tomography uh, or angiogram, right? Angiogram, CT angiogram with contrast. So uh, that's a lot more detailed. Um, so in step-by-step, step, uh, you have the, the stethoscope, right? The doctor checks your heart rate. That's layer number one. Uh, or the blood pressure monitors where you can check your heart rate digitally. Then the stethoscope, then the uh, electrocardiogram, that's like the third level. Then you have a 48-hour holter monitor where they put the electrodes the same way as they put the uh, electrocardiogram at the hospital or the clinic in this case. Uh, they check it for like three minutes and the 48-hour holter will check it for obviously 48 hours. So you have longitudinal data of how the um, electrocardiogram data looks. I don't know how your heart performs. Then you have an echocardiogram. It takes about 20 minutes where they check um, through an ultrasound, the echo, at the multitude of different angle, angles looking at your heart chambers. And then after that, an MRI with contrast and a CT angiogram with contrast. And there's a couple different levels. Pernuvio, I think, in um, America is even more detailed. So um, take it step by step because every increment is even more expensive. Yeah, so electrocardiogram is a good starting point, but if you want to have real insights into your heart function, do an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound. <clears throat> Man, too many consultations. Do you have a source for GHK Copper? Um, 
Science Bio probably has it, but I didn't index them because I lived for a while and then now they're back, but I indexed it other things, but I didn't really have a time to add that to the source list. I mean, it's it's so much work. It's disgusting. So I, I think Science Bio and, uh, and otherwise, uh, what is it? Uh, not purchase peptides, man, I always forget. Uh, peptide Sciences, but Science Bio have a discount code for. So use that one to get yourself 10, 20% off. I can't remember. I think it's 10%. So go to Science Bio, type in GHK Copper. I'm sure they have it. Uh, happy birthday, Coach Steve. Thank you very much. Let's see. Do you believe in mold disease that it can be so serious getting more attention recently? Dr. Dean speaks about it so much and a doctor. Yeah, dude, I've had a lot of consultations with people who suffered from mold disease or Lyme's disease. Um, and, and, and it's very long lasting and very problematic. So it's very serious. Yeah, and it, it seems to be more common in the Western world than here, even though Thailand is mad humid, but because it's so hot, it seems that mold doesn't thrive as much as it does in colder and damper places like Europe or uh, America. So now I've had a couple of consultation clients who've had a serious mold disease and, and have had all kinds of issues um, that, that need to be resolved. And sometimes I can't even help. So I need to, you know, move them over to a specialist and other guys I can help. Um, and then it's still then it's, it's, it's quite a long trajectory of getting healthy. So, so do yourself a favor. If you see any mold, like the black shit on the ceiling, or you have a central air conditioning that blows it from a central room, check that central room where the air conditioning uh, unit is uh, kind of placed. Make sure that there's no mold there because it will literally blow throughout the house and then uh, you get sick and you get weaker and weaker and weaker and some people it takes like six months to a year to get diagnosed. And even then the medical field isn't that familiar with mold uh, poisoning. So it might go undiagnosed for a very long time and then you're a fucking wreck. So yeah. We were lucky in Dubai, it was 50 degrees today. Jesus Christ. It's still that hot? Why, why aren't you at the Dubai Pro, man? There's a Dubai show today, right? I think Wesley Vissers was competing. Anyway, I like Dubai. I should, I, I'll probably try to come back in January. Yeah, at first, I got to, you know, uh, survive from America uh, financially because I'll be there in a month, staying in hotels predominantly. And it's going to sit me back quite a bit. <laughs> so science bio has ghk copper acetate is that all right yeah yeah go for that one yeah if it looks purple you're good i think you know in science bio they usually mention uh, it's uh, alicant and acetate to make it sound fancy but it's all the same shit so <laughs> yeah go with that one i hit work oh man that sucks yeah that fucking blows i hate it when there's work But hey, at least you're not working on Saturday night at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like I am. Yeah, you go on YouTube, you get no chill. Let me see if there's any new questions. And I always post them here. And if there's no new questions, I'm going to go live and then address the masses. Uh, let me see. Nothing here. Okay, that's good. Anything on Patreon? Mm, man, Patreon is slow AF. Nope, that's the last one. Okay. Let's see. Just plan for a Dubai trip and it can help you with the hotel. Yeah, I'll keep you guys posted. 
I'll keep you guys posted. I might need one of those uh, guys in Dubai that comes uh, to the hotel with a suitcase uh, with goodies uh, when I arrive. Because by the time I go to Dubai, I think my wife is pregnant. And um, the last time I went to Dubai, I got stopped at the airport. <laughs> this is so funny. I got stopped at the airport and, uh, you know, they wanted to check my luggage, which they did with basically everybody coming off the plane. So I stood there for a fucking hour waiting. Um so they checked my luggage and I had two ampules of Bayer Testafiron with me. So they go through my luggage, right? And then at a while, uh, they come to my Bayer Testafiron and they ask me, what is this? This is, is my medicine for hormone replacement therapy. I'm here for two weeks and I need one ampule per week. And then the lady, <laughs> there were two two officers, and the lady's like, oh, so you're a bodybuilder, right? You take this for, uh, you take your steroids. I said, well, yes, but I need this medically. <laughs> I have a script, by the way, right? I have a script from a private clinic here in Thailand. They didn't ask for my script. They're just like, yeah, whatever. They wanted to look at some sort of vase, which I brought from uh, Holland, which I think in the x-ray, it kind of looks like a bomb. <laughs> it's a vase with, it's like a little ball with, you know, a little, um, I don't know, looks like a porcupine and every little thing you could put a tulip in there. Looked very funny, but of course on the X-ray it probably looks like a you know a mine that you just throw and then one of these pins would explode. And they were looking for gold, but usually I dress quite modestly. Um, so yeah, that was my experience in Dubai. Um, they would still let me take my two ampules of testing, but uh, if I come next time, I'm not going to take that risk anymore. The older you get, the less of those risks you want to take. Wesley Visser is qualified for the Mister O, so you're going to see him. Yeah, I'll see him. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll see him again at Cheesecake Factory, just like last time. Um, <laughs> we uh, we ate a boatload of food, albeit at separate tables. He was with his family, and I was there with uh, Scott McNally and uh, you know Victoria Felcar and my wife. So, Cheesecake Factory, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Daniel or Darmai, sorry, Darmai. I'm 40 years old. Uh, became curious about TRT. Started 200 milligrams of testosterone cypionate and estrogen, ignorantarelin, and 220 pounds, 25% body fat. Oh wow, down from 252. Okay, so you uh, went down, let's say 33 pounds. Good job already. Still cutting. Did I make a mistake by starting to high body fat? Uh, I would say yes, but it's too late now, buddy. And and please switch your uh, TRT clinic because you've got prescribed cookie cutter TRT. 200 test sip, anastasol, and gonadorelin. That's cookie cutter TRT. Go with a more responsible, intelligent clinic that can prescribe you, um, you know, maybe the same testosterone dose, but aromacin instead of anastasol, because anastasol inhibits um, cholesterol uh, metabolism and thus serum cholesterol levels, LDL, goes up. So aromacin is, uh, from a lipid perspective, more healthy. And in my opinion, gonadorelin doesn't do jack shit to sustain your luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. Plus, if you're 40 and you're growing on TRT and you were, you know, heavy body fat for a while, I don't think your LH and FSH levels were that stellar to begin with. So um, if you live in the United States, check the links down below. Do some blood work over at Merrick Health. Say that you want to switch patient care coordinators. Uh, they'll be able to prescribe you a much more intelligent protocol um, than this. <laughs> Trust me, really. Anyway, um, you lost 30 pounds. You're already on TRT, so just keep going, all right? Keep going. You're still, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. If you went from, uh, let's say, 32% body fat to 25, 
and by losing 30 pounds, uh, the head calculations might be off, then you're already making the positive impact in your life um, to make those, uh, you know, get your body into a good shape and a good state of health. So by all means, just keep going, dude. Keep going. Right? You can't use a time machine. I would have said you started too early, but you know the damage is already done, and you're getting better and better and better, and looking better, obviously. So get your ass down to 15% body fat, 12% body fat, and then see, uh, you know, how sexy you are. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you should look pretty good at 12% body fat, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you go to the beach, show it off. Uh, can anyone have neurosteroids uh, production but not sex hormone production? Uh, I advise him to get checked and scanned. Uh, yeah, that could be. So the, the adrenals obviously uh, produce DHEA and pregnenolone. And um, even in the absence of luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. So you might still have adequate neurosteroid production, DHEA, pregnenolone, let's say middle of the reference range or bottom middle of the reference range. And some of this pregnenolone is converting into additional DHEA, and this DHEA is converting into testosterone. So your DHEA levels might be uh, sufficient, but your testosterone levels are like, uh, you know, bottom of the reference range or even below that. You'll never have zero because DHEA converts into testosterone, but they'll be bottomed out, let's say, 10, 25, 50 nanograms per milliliter, which is good if you're a lady, but not if you're a man. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, ask him to do a, um, a testicular ultrasound and a pituitary uh, scan. And of course, uh, you know, there might be a lot more going into play. So watch that video about how to get started. Or before you do your first cycle, watch this. Um, or before you do TRT, watch this, right? Those two videos. Uh, give those a watch with your buddy and then uh, see if you, he needs to get checked with some physicals. Darmai. I have a vasectomy. Is it not really necessary to prevent testicular atrophy if fertility is not a concern? Should I continue to use it? Um, I would not use it. No. Of course, if you have a vasectomy, it's, it, it's, you know, the semen cannot go to the seminal vesicles, right? That tube is cut, but the blood flow to the testicles is still there. Um, I, I would stop the gonorrhea completely. Go with uh, testosterone, cypionate, DHA, pregnenolone, aromacin. And uh, take it from there, you know. What are your LH and FSH levels? I wonder. Are they subpar? Like, are they bottomed out on gonadorelin, or they're still somewhat in range? Um, if you had a vasectomy, I don't think it's required to uh, sustain your um, allutinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone pulse with gonadorelin, uh, if that's even happening at all. And they're just trying to upsell you so they can make more money out of you. Fuckers. Did you tell them that you had a vasectomy and they still prescribed gonadorelin? That's theft. <laughs> really. Uh, Darmai. All right, here, second question. I've been injecting 600 milligrams per one milliliter L-carnitine twice a day as a loading phase before cardio and lifting. Should I reduce the 600 milligrams per day after 14 days or keep going with my current dose? No, I think that's fine. Um, I, I usually do 500 milligrams of carnitine before uh, cardio and before the workout. And it seemed to potentiate some, um, I don't know, some fat loss out of it. You know, when you're dieting, you your carnitine requirement goes up because you shift uh, energy production or, you know, um, ATP synthesis from uh, carbohydrates, which are reduced in most cases to fatty acids. And thus, your carnitine intake requirement goes up. So in the off-season, you might be able to get away with 500 milligrams of carnitine 
per day. But when you're cutting, I would say 1,000 milligrams or 1,200 uh, milligrams uh, carnitine per day uh, seems to be better. Right? And feel free to just continue it because L-carnitine is quite inexpensive. Uh, of course, the injections are a little bit painful. Right? You can't walk away from those shots. Still, I would say a little bit more is better. And since you're injecting it, uh, you don't have to worry about TMAL formation because that happens in the intestinal tract. So, oh, good. Uh, did you continue in checking with Joe's doctor about, uh, yeah, um, I tried to make appointments with this guy many, many times, and every time he blew me off. So uh, I, I stopped trying. <laughs> I stopped trying. Are you available on Monday? Um, no. And then uh, can we postpone? Right? And after four weeks of trying, I'm like, whatever. And it was the same frustration that Joe had with the doctor because it was just uh, cumbersome to work with. So he's a very popular doctor. And uh, maybe super busy. But uh, yeah, it's all right, man. There's plenty of doctors to go to. I talked about, about uh, him with his blood work and, and everything that went on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate. I don't see any reason what could have happened regarding his uh, performance enhancing drug intake. Uh, besides maybe overdoing the aromatized inhibitors or smoking too much wheat, which is linked to aneurysms, unfortunately. So... Let's see. Last two, and then we're going to go... Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. So, switch clinics, buddy. There's better clinics out there. Uh, three people here, two likes. Uh, I did one. Where's the missed like? Uh, I'm not sure, but... Uh this is uh, this is what happens. Okay, last uh, last question from Ahmed, then we're going to go public. Uh, I did a blood work regarding the blood clotting factors. Are there... And all are negative. Is that good if I take two of the... Um, whatever. And also using AI. No, I think that's fine. Again, you know, there, there's so many things you have to think about. But unfortunately, the World Health Organization now has put a uh, complete band-aid on my mouth. So... Um, uh, yeah, I can no longer comment on this because I might risk uh, losing my channel. So let's not uh, go this route. Guys, I'm going to go public. Let's put the fucking banner up for people going nuts. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, throne break, be right back. All right. Uh, let's see. Po no, not private. Jesus Christ. Public. Done. All right, guys. I'm being, uh, going to the bathroom. Be right back.
What's up? Why am I? I don't even need this. <laughs> I'm, I've been doing consultations all day, and so I automatically put this thing in, but I'm not talking to anybody. I wonder why it sounded different than normal. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, wake up, Steve. Dude, nobody's calling in. Okay. Uh, oh, it's already filling up. All right. Let's see. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, I went to the bathroom. It has to happen. After an hour of talking, I need to go to the bathroom. And uh, no, it's it's actually a lot of uh, urine. Mm. Grill of mind respawn has a little bit of a diuretic effect. So I take it about an hour before, then I you know piss up a storm. And then when I'm here, I uh, drink some water and then I piss up a storm again. Uh, That's the story of my life. All right. Let's start answering some questions. Uh, a couple of announcements at the beginning of this video. Some of we're all done here. Just go back to the beginning or, or, or read some of the articles uh, that I linked down below in the description section. And then, uh, yeah. You can get informed. He's probably pitting like 14 different things right now. Um, yeah, I wish, dude. <laughs> I wish. I wish, but I'm only putting ATG, FSH, GH, and Increlex, and Carnitine. So that's five. Yeah. Only five. So boring. <laughs> All right. Here we are. Dick cocked. Uh, Jesus, dude. Uh, when I first started TRT, 100 milligrams testosterone a week, it uh, would give me high estradiol after taking a aromatase inhibitor once. I now need one gram of testosterone a week to feel good. At 500 milligrams of test, my estradiol completely crashes. Am I fucked? You took an aromatase inhibitor once, and now you have chronic aromatase enzyme uh, deficiency. It sounds, uh, it is possible, but it's very, very rare. I look into nicotinamide mononucleotide, which provides building blocks for nicotinamide adenine um, dinucleotide, which is what, um, or, or some of its derivatives, which is what aromatized enzymes are dependent on. So it could be that you're simply NID plus deficient and not uh, allowing the conversion of testosterone into estradiol or testosterone into dihydrotestosterone to take place. So look into that first. Um, yeah, and otherwise, uh, you know, start supplementing with a little bit of estradiol valerate. Yeah, it is in my source list. You can just inject it. And it's quite easy to manage if you pin, uh, you know, a little bit subcutaneously. Yeah. All right, here we are. Super chats. Here we go. Bill Turner, Billy Turner. If anabolics can shut down a woman's estradiol production, why don't women need to use aromatize, uh, aromatizing compounds like men? Uh, I've never seen that. But then again, I never really prescribed the hardcore uh, performance enhancing drug protocols with steroids to women. So um, I know there are some serious protocols out there where estradiol levels are suppressed. Yeah, and then obviously they would need some sort of um, aromatizing compound or estradiol valerate to kind of keep that going. Um, I do know some, some coaches recommend birth control, which I think is horrible. But... Yeah, honestly, I'm not too familiar with that, man. I, the women I recommended PED protocols to never got their estradiol levels that suppressed. So maybe need a little bit of test as a replacement dose. You know, two milligrams or half a milligram, depending on preference, a couple times a week. 
and uh, and that should be enough for testosterone to uh, convert into estradiol for favorable estradiol levels but you'd still need to manage that I, i'm not too familiar to be honest i think that um john uh jewett's uh, girlfriend or wife is on some sort of trt protocol he did a podcast with uh paul barnett over at anabolic bodybuilding where he went to, to her protocol can't remember what it was but she was on some sort of injectable testosterone in a pretty low dose for favorable testosterone and estrogen levels and then whatever else she takes alongside of that uh, i guess that's their business but um yeah, I'm not too familiar. My wife never got her estrogen shut down or loss of period or that kind of stuff. So she never needed it to go that route. Let's see. Next one, Ryan. I'm taking a stack of Gorilla Supplements, Mold, Nitric, Mind, Shroom, Sigma, L-Carnitine, Dream, and Collagen. Holy shit. <laughs> that's, that's all their products. My take, we're both seeing in uh, camp uh, PM next cut. Any considerations I should make? Thanks. Um, man, it's, uh, yeah. It sounds good to me. And keep in mind that there's a 30% discount on uh, Mode coming up next Monday. I already linked it down below. 30% discount for uh, three days until Wednesday. Drops 10 a.m. PST time. So at least if you're into Gorilla Mind, the pre-workout, so get yourself a nice fat discount on Monday. And uh, this, the rest, I think it's fine, dude. I mean, you're clearly a natural. And if you want to cut, then yes, Revolcine and, and CAMP PM will work to a certain extent, even though I don't really like uh, the, the fat burners from Gorilla Mind. But that's also because I'm, you know, comparing them besides the Revolcine. But the, the, the AM and the PM formula, I don't know. The, never really used it because um, I have, you know, access to Clembuterol and hardcore fat burners. And I'm trying to wait, stay away from stuff that's too stimulating anyway because I'm getting old. And I'd rather have terzepidite and 5-amino-1-Q as part of my stack. But the rest sounds good to me, man. One scoop of mud, one scoop of nitric. Um, mind. But that's, uh, what is that? You mean the, 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 with the alpha GPC in there? Shroom, yeah, you just, just dose it as you like and then take it from there. Dream before bed, collagen pre-workouts. Look into the essential amino acids and maybe the glycerol powder for, for extra pumps. And then uh, make some fucking gains, dude. Money Pit V. Hey, Steve. On 220 milligrams of testosterone cypionate, 100 milligrams DECA uh, through my clinic. Recently had an estrogen spike to 86 picograms per milliliter. Took 0.25 milligrams aromacin. Advice on predicting estrogen spike so I'm not crashing estradiol with regular AIs. And thoughts on raising DECA to 200 milligrams per week. Okay, so... Uh, the spike is probably coming from infrequent injections. So if you go to 220 milligrams test sip and 100 milligrams DECA through daily uh, micro-administrations subcutaneous, then you shouldn't have spikes anymore of your estradiol um, unless you um, take some sort of phytoestrogen, which seems to exacerbate the conversion of testosterone into estradiol, which is what nandrolone is already doing. So you might need, uh, you know, Ideally, uh, 6.25 milligrams aromacin, not 0.25 milligrams arimidex. I think aromacin is better than arimidex, which we mentioned multiple times on this YouTube channel. Um, so they should be able to prescribe that also. And otherwise, you source it on the underground market. Say you uh, don't want to use arimidex because your lipid levels are unfavorable compared to aromacin. Um, 
And did this microdose that as well, albeit that the ester of testosterone cypionate and uh, nandrolone decanoate is long-lasting and the half-life, the active life of aromacin is also quite long-lasting. So maybe 6.25 milligrams aromacin once or twice per week is more than sufficient on top of the subcutaneous daily micro-administrations to keep your estradiol levels in range. And when they are in range and you can manage it and there's no estrogen spikes, then you can bump up the decade to 200 milligrams, albeit that I prefer a two-to-one ratio of testosterone into nandrolone, right? Because it seems it causes some libido issues if you do it in a one-to-one ratio. Again, everybody's different, so keep that in mind. Um, you're going to have to uh, do some research through blood work, which if you are with a clinic, then, uh, yeah. I forgot this StreamYard doesn't show my emojis. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't go through, Kenny. Sorry. StreamYard is not that high-tech, but it's still the best streaming uh, software out there, or at least the one that's understandable. I know I Chase Irons uses something else, but um, I only have so many hours in the day to uh, <laughs> put towards, um, you know, technical stuff. Sky's the limit. Steve, what's your thought on exogenous DHT for anabolic purposes? Uh, if you can find it, I mean, the raw DHT powder is available through uh, Purple Panda Labs or Red Raccoon uh, uh, Ross, as I like to call them. Um, but I haven't found uh, a DHT annotate anywhere. So if you can find the injectable DHT annotate, uh, hit me up on Instagram. I would love to run it myself. Uh, I made a video about it comparing uh, injectable DHT to GHB, I believe. Uh, it should be somewhere on my YouTube channel. And all the anecdotal reports that I was able to find on the steroid forums uh, made it sound super promising, like it's the best shit ever. Uh, but I wasn't able to source it. So if you can find a source, hit me up. And otherwise, um, speculate uh, like the rest of us are doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. He gets regular lab. So sub-Q and a little bit of aromacin, and then take it from there, see if you want to increase to 200 milligrams deca per week. All right, blood work first, and then adjustments later. All right. What at-home blood pressure monitor do you recommend? I have two that read 20 points from each other. Yeah, I will access to a nurse so I can test accurately with a medical unit uh, when I get it. So I like the Omron 7. You know, is it as accurate as the one that you get in the hospital where they have, uh, you know, a more expensive equipment? It's literally a machine the size of a house. Not really, but, you know, it's bigger than the one you have at your house where you have the arm cuff, you know, the small one, the big one with the tubes and all that stuff. Uh, of course, that's the one is the most accurate. But still, you know, blood pressure monitors in general are never going to be the most accurate you can because you can literally do blood pressure management with the same medical devices which I've done at the hospital. Two different arms after chilling for five minutes, not talking. You sit there just getting your composure and then you check it on two different arms and one is different than the other. Um, so the same is with the you know, on 7 or at-home uh, blood pressure uh, cuffs. You know, I'll link a couple one down below. I think those are good. But, you know, blood pressure, if it's high, you know, tilt your head forward, just bending over, trying to pick something up from the floor. If you feel the pressure in your head, blood pressure is probably high. If you're doing heavy leg press, but the end of the leg press, um, your, you know, face is tomato red, your blood pressure is probably high, at least during the sets. So it could be in range on these um, at-home blood pressure monitors, whether that's on the wrist or on the arm, but during certain moments in the day, it could still be high. So, you know, 
preventatively you could use an angiotensin receptor blocker or um, an ACE inhibitor or a PDE5 inhibitor like Cialis for example and then um, your blood pressure would obviously look better on the at-home blood pressure monitor and you can also rest assured that your blood pressure is better during the rest of the day and it's very likely that you don't feel this increased blood pressure during strenuous sets or when you bend over and don't bend over too far especially when you're in jail because that's uh, risky yeah you can't use a blood pressure medication <laughs> to get yourself out of that situation uh hope shake was good hope shake was good what shake shake Hmm. I had a good shake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you convinced me to add testosterone anathate to, to the Anivar. I'm a grappler running 200 milligrams testosterone anathate 16 weeks. Surrendable four weeks to finish with Anivar. Thoughts? Uh, sounds good. Yeah. You might need an aromatized inhibitor to uh, convert, uh, prevent the conversion of testosterone into estradiol to high amounts because otherwise uh, you might get waterlogged. You might, your weight might go up. Your stamina might go down because you have uh, more energy requirement for this increased weight that you have during your sparring sessions of grappling. So uh, make sure you have an aromatized inhibitor in place. Um, let's see. Trinibol four weeks and then Anivar four weeks. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Just don't do too high of a dose. And keep in mind that Turinabol after a couple of days might already reduce stamina. And Anivar is the same way. So maybe four weeks of Turinabol continuously or four weeks of Anivar isn't really uh, beneficial. You might only want to run that a couple of days because after a couple of days it might uh, inhibit your, um, your uh, what is it called? Your, your, your stamina. So keep that in mind. Coach, is there any benefits to supplementing choline? Uh, yes, it's for liver health, for cognitive benefits, uh, as a precursor for some neurotransmitters. So a lot of benefits. But, you know, you can go with regular choline or uh, alpha-GPC or um, CDP choline, right? Those three, and they all have their potential uh, or their unique benefits. So I would supplement with choline just for liver health and then maybe alpha-GPC or CDP choline for cognition. And, uh, and and take it from there. Yeah, for mood and that kind of stuff. Let's see, Mega Shredder 101. I'm moving to Bangkok this week. I'm not a bodybuilder and will be training MMA. I only was lifting to recomp. I'm going to cut. Now I'm going to cut while training. Okay. And that's a good announcement. Uh, see you around, I guess. So what's, what's the question, dude? <laughs> I was only lifting. Is there a question somewhere else that I missed? Or do you want to have sources for Thailand? Which always people always ask me, where are the sources for Thailand? Where are you going to train for MMA? Muscle Factory has a ring, but it's not really suited for no question. Okay, <laughs> so thanks for your super uh, donation. Then uh, see you around in Bangkok, buddy. Yeah, yeah. If you see me walking around at M Courtier Emporium shopping malls on Sunday, uh, come say hi. Yeah. It was good to meet uh, people that watch the Vigorous Q&A and watch the channel in general. That's why we went out with the big uh, crew. Uh, if you guys didn't see the picture yet. I'm going to see if anybody uploaded some more stuff. I should set this uh, anabolic buffet. Uh, where are we? Yeah, look at this. Can you see that? 
That's probably not sharp, right? Anyway, I'll upload this to... Uh, is that sharp? Alright, so you got Colton. Oh, other side. Colton. Aaron. Nicholas. Me. And Adam. Anyway, I'll, I'll post it on uh, social media at one point. We uh, we slayed at the buffet. Yeah. I saw that Colton said I was a, a master eater. So, yeah, you're in for a wild ride if you come to Thailand. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't want to dox myself. What, I saw, I saw you in the gym today? No, right? Dude, just come say hi, man. It's no big deal. Just don't be an asshole. <laughs> That's what the figures Q&A is for. All right. Jordy, I'm taking 50 milligrams of Cialis. Blood pressure is still kind of high. Any other recommendations? Running, test, NPP, and EQ. Uh, you might need Telbosartan. Yeah, 20 milligrams to start, 40 milligrams if you still need it. Look at your electrolyte intake. It sounds like a broken record, but uh, yeah. All right, well, we're not going to highlight that. Mega Shredder. But uh, well, we'll talk about that when you're here. <laughs> it will be safer than uh, buying uh, the fucking garbage that they sell in the underground labs or in, in the pharmacies that's for sure then again anabolic pharmacists ships to Thailand also so it's uh, yeah where there's a will there's a way uh, is there a, a way to get antibiotics without a prescription legally preferred in Thailand dude I sell them at the pharmacy <laughs> no script required you just go to any pharmacy you ask for doxycycline or uh, ciprofloxacin or uh, uh, niprofloxacin or Keflex, right? Augmentum, amoxicillin, uh, cephalexin is Keflex and Augmentum is uh, um, cephalex, no? Amoxicillin and cluvinate acid, cluvin whatever, right? It's all over the counter, dude. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So if you have an infection or, um, yeah, you did uh, unprotected sex with a prostitute and now your dick is on fire, yeah, go to the, uh, any, fuck, any, any pharmacy and they'll have antibiotics for you for sale, no problem. Ah, here. Alan. What aromatized inhibitor do you recommend and what dose? First question was up higher. All right, here. Ah, you went an aromatized inhibitor. Okay. Uh, well, do your blood work, please. But I would start with 12.5 milligrams um, on this cycle of 200 milligrams of test because I'm assuming that you're lean. Right? Usually fighters are leaner, so they don't need so much of an aromatized inhibitor. So I would start with 12.5 milligrams per week, so 6.25 milligrams Monday, Friday, on top of this 200 milligrams testosterone inotate that you're taking. Do blood work four weeks into it, and then see if you need more or less aromatized inhibitors. Right? Blood work. Uh, 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 uh. Now, here it is. A fitness. Hey, Steve, why any idea my, why Primo lowers my estradiol more than Masteron at the same dose? Also, any thoughts on boldenone cypionate? Uh, painful injections on the boldenone cypionate, so I would stick with uh, boldenone adesilinate. At least it's not as painful. No post-injection pain from my experience when I used that years ago. Uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, are you using the same dose of Primo? 
compared to Masteron, or is it the three times higher? Uh, yeah, so, you know, individual response, and assuming that the dose is the same and the purity is all good, there's still individual response, and, and you know, everything's the same. It, it could ha happen. From my personal experience, I see that Masteron lowers estradiol levels a little bit more, maybe, you know, 5 to 10% difference, so it's kind of negligible in the bigger picture. Uh, but yeah, man, it could happen. You know, maybe you're injecting Masteron propionate twice a week and Primavon Enethate every single day. The dose is the same, but the injection frequency in the ester is different. And thus you get less or a difference in estradiol suppression, right? There's so many variables. So look into all of them. Dakota, man, so many estrogen questions. Guys, what's going on? <laughs> Can high estrogen cause anxiety? Yes. There's a million different things that can cause anxiety, but high estrogen is one of them. Um, but you're probably wondering if you have high estrogen and then um, looking for a reason why you have anxiety, uh, which doesn't have to be the case that it's high estrogen. You have to prove that with blood work first. It could be that your hematocrit is too high or your blood pressure is too high, right? You have to check your blood pressure for that. Or your prolactin levels are too high. Or maybe the balance between your neurosteroids and your sex hormones are skewed, right? DHA pregnenolone is too low, testosterone is too high, estrogen is nicely arranged, and thus you get anxiety, right? Maybe you get too much of a stimulatory effect from the high testosterone, assuming that you're on cycle. So there's a multitude of different things. Um, don't go haphazardly use an aromatized inhibitor without doing blood work first. Because uh, besides the anxiety that might still be there, might be your libido will also be crushed at the same time. All right? So do yourself a favor, blood work, make the appropriate adjustment. And if you don't know why uh, or how to make the appropriate adjustments, consultations, bro. That's what they're there for. Uh, coach, I have recent blood work, I'm at 40%. Oh, that's pretty low. Uh, RBC is around 6.9%. I have low hemoglobin, 12.8. Okay, so you're iron deficient. That means that uh, the red blood cells are small. That's why they're so high on this range. You have a lot of red blood cells, but they're all small. They lack hemoglobin because you don't have enough iron or B vitamins in your uh, nutritional plan. So what you need to do is uh, check your iron levels, maybe do an iron infusion, iron infusion if that's really necessary. Make sure you supplement with a B100 complex. And then uh, give that some time because it might take some time for your red blood cell count to come down, your hematocrit to come up, meaning that your red blood cells are now fuller with hemoglobin because your uh, bone marrow can produce more hemoglobin with iron and the B vitamins that you're now taking in. All right. So, yeah, get yourself healthy ASAP. And if you're vegan, uh, yeah, this is what happens when you're vegan. <laughs> All right, let's see. Estrogen is high and prolactin is high, yeah. Okay, so you need to bring your estrogen down with an aromatized inhibitor, assuming that you did blood work. Um, and again, if your prolactin is high, it could also mean that your dopamine levels are low. So maybe you need uh, L-tyrosine, vitamin B6, P5P, L-dopa, right? Anything that can increase dopamine levels. Um, look into a multitude of different angles. Alan. After 16 weeks on 200 milligrams test and aromatized inhibitor, which is just recommended, 25 milligrams trinable in the first four weeks and 25 milligrams anivore the last four weeks. So in the middle eight weeks, you have nothing, right? Do you recommend a PCT? Yes. Yes. I have a video about that. Just give it a watch. I have an ebook about that also. Give that one a read. 
Um, so yes, you'll certainly need a PCT because you're shut down for 16 weeks. After your last injection, you might still be shut down for a Cipionate, right? Another six weeks. So long story short, discontinue all the steroids. Wait until you're androgen deficient. Start HCG at 1,000 IOs every other day for two or three weeks until you feel good again. That means testicular function has returned. Unless you add in the HCG now at 250 to 500 IOs three times a week, then you can simply run that until your uh, testosterone and anivar has metabolized at the four or six week mark after you stop taking them. So you stop the steroids and you continue with the HCG. Then you maybe let that decline for a week um, or you switch to a selective estrogen receptor modulators. You can choose between enclomiphene or clomid or uh, tamoxifen, which is probably better than roloxifen because tamoxifen has a, a norendoxifen, which inhibits the conversion of testosterone into estradiol and thus keeps your estradiol burden lower. So you go with 100 milligrams uh, clomid or enclomiphene for a week, this is every day for a week, and then 50 milligrams for two, three weeks, and then maybe 25 milligrams for two or three weeks depending on how you feel, how your blood work looks. And uh, Nolvidex, the first week, you do like 40 milligrams, maybe the second week, 40 milligrams as well. And then 20 milligrams and maybe 10 milligrams. Again, depending on your blood work, how your luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone levels change, do your freaking blood work so you know when you discontinue the CERMs. Um, and then hopefully testosterone levels will come back, but you'll never feel as good as you did on cycle. Right? Watch the PCD video for more information. Viking. Or fucking king. Either way. V-king. Hey, Steve. What to do if everything is in range, but libido is still suffering on, on uh, only high test cycles? Should I consider a consultation? Uh, no, I would just watch the libido videos. Yeah, look for Smax and oxytocin. And maybe increase your food intake, right? Sometimes everything is in range on your blood work. And that means you can be stressed. You could be uh, not eating enough food. You know, caloric deficit uh, kills your libido. Maybe you need some Smax and Selang to boost your libido further or PT1 for one, right? The, the uh, Vilesi? Vilesi? Yeah, that's that's the name of the medication. But again, I have whole videos dedicated about that. A libido for her, him and libido for her, basically. Uh, give those a watch. You'll get a lot of ideas and I'm sure you can cure your libido. If it doesn't work after that, uh, send me your blood work. Show me everything that you've been doing, and then uh, we can uh, handle it by email or through a consultation. But I think that video will uh, kind of put you in the right direction. Billy, I've recently bought some cerebralisin. I'm currently waiting for it to arrive. What are your thoughts on the long-term positives? Um, well, if you run for a month or two months, 5 milliliters to 10 milliliters per day, you can expect increased uh, cognition, improved moods, um, improves focus, but it helps with the cognition, right? Uh, less susceptible to having brain fog after workout, even though with months after discontinuing cerebralisin, you can still get brain fog, right? It's, that seems to be coming back at one point or another, depending on how hard you train. I've kept all my reps in reserve as of recently, so my cognition is no longer affected, but of course my uh, you know physique has suffered from the lack offsets the failure not taking performance enhancing drugs so um yeah i think i think it's 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 one of those things you can try um before you consider something like an ssri or vorioxetine uh, fluvoxamine or vorioxetine which has continuous neurogenesis when you take that at uh, you know pretty high dosages so the 
I, I started with some action slang first, and I tried a little bit of dihexa, which I was not too excited about. So I just felt like cocaine after a week of running that. Um, so it, and it felt like cheap cocaine too. <laughs> too way too stimulated. Um, so one or two papers showed that it increases brain drive neurotropic factor levels, but I, I can't say because it didn't really run long enough. Then I tried cerebralizing for a month. I had a good response. I have some in the fridge myself. I'll run that at one point or another. And then, um, and then I went to fluvoxamine. I came off of that, and I feel now that nine months, yeah, about nine months after stopping the fluvoxamine, I feel now that the benefits are slowly going away. So I had a, a boatload of neurogenesis over a year, one and a half years, and now I feel this is why the cerebralizing is in stock. It's also, uh, I need some neurogenesis again. Right, so I'll be running five to ten milliliters of cerebralizin for a month or two months um, after my wife is pregnant. Yeah, and this is this is the week. Luckily for me, uh, my wife is ovulating around my birthday, so I have all the excuses to get nookies in this week. Guys, do hell marys and prayers for me. Pray to wherever God you have, because um, I want to get my wife pregnant. Uh, the goal was uh, getting a kid before forty years old. I'm turning forty in four days. One, two, three, four. Uh, yeah, so we're not there yet, but at least all the other accomplishments that I wanted to do before 40, I've tacked off. So there's one left. Uh, again, do your prayers. I need it. Iron Grids. Iron Grid, are you moderating? <laughs> are you moderating, keeping all these uh, clowns at bay? Right? You're the mod now, right? Uh, without your analysis, how can one tell that their sodium intake is acceptable? Did a urinalysis not too long ago, but was curious. curious. Um, well, you can tell by your uh, pumps, hydration, vascularity, right? Uh, you can tell by your uh, lack of uh, blood pressure issues. You can tell by, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, your, your blood sodium levels, obviously, should be, you know, a little bit toward the towards the top in the morning not over the limit but towards the top of the limit towards the top of the range and um yeah it's pretty hard to tell i mean if your sodium intake is too high obviously you get bloated as you go further in the day my sodium intake is quite high and i'm on uh, incrolex so i wake up uh, pre or i wake up lean and then i get progressively <laughs> fluffy over the day um yeah, so it's, it's, it's just hard to tell. I mean, I have uh, articles and, and videos about it, so give those another watch and then kind of make the adjustments from there, you know? I'm in the mid-lower mid-range. I'm in the lower mid-range of hematocrits. Could it be drank too much water before the urinalysis? Now, if you, uh, your hematocrit will come down with maybe one to two points if you drink one to two liters of water. It's not that dramatic. But um, if you're in the mid, lower mid-range, again, just like uh, the issue with the guy uh, with the, the Rana G here, this one, right? it could be that you're iron and B uh, vitamin deficient, and thus the hemoglobin content of your red blood cells is low, and thus the red blood cells are small, and thus your uh, hematocrit is low also. All right, Andrew, let's do some more super chats. If I have three days in the week to work out with hypertrophy training in mind, would you suggest three full body workouts or a push-pull leg split, something else entirely? It, it kind of depends on your level of development. I have free articles on my website about training. Um, we have an upper body, a full body split, an upper body, lower body split, a three-day split like push-pull legs, and then you have a push-pull legs AB routine. Um, so let's say you're developed. 
and you want to do for hypertrophy, I would do push pull legs and then A and B. So one week, you have your A week, uh, push A, pull A, and legs A, and then uh, the next week you have a push B, pull B, and legs B. And luckily for you, there's free examples on these articles. So I'll take your $10 for the free article that you can read on the website. Um, enjoy it. It's uh, The articles are quite good. Are they as in-depth as uh, you might find on uh, paid websites? Obviously not. But it's just to give you an idea to get started. Yeah, and otherwise get those fancy ebooks from John Meadows or uh, Renaissance Periodization, right? Dr. Mike Isertel or an ebook from Jordan Peters. I all have training ebooks, so um, just don't plagiarize them because otherwise we uh, don't feel incentivized to make more. Just like I am not incentivized to make more. But people don't read anymore, right? <laughs> they just watch video and watch people talk. All right. Iron Grid is moderating. So be careful. I mean, look at that smile. Is that the cat from... Um, what, was it? what was that called? Not the Wizard of Oz. Uh, man, I'm drawing a blank today. I've been working way too much. I need more sleep. Chris, is this live? No, it's pre-recorded. Yeah, it was recorded like five weeks ago, but I have the power of foresight, so I can, you know, I know which questions are coming. Yeah, so I'm so good at cryptocurrency trading, you know? <laughs> oh, this is the shake. All oh, right, now I remember. Enjoy another shake on me. You're the man. Keep it up. Yeah, $5 shake. Uh, did I have a $5 shake? Yes, I had a $5 shake. I didn't post it on Instagram. Thanks for the shake again. Um, now I remember like about the shake on the previous comment, right? Let me scroll back where I, uh, sometimes I draw a blank guys. <laughs> We're doing this at the end of my day. So sometimes it's just, I'm fucking dead tired. Where is it? Where is the fucking super chat where you mentioned this, Alan? Here. Hope the shake was good. Yeah, the shake was good, Alan. Thank you very much. And the next shake, uh, where is it? Here. The next shake, which will come tomorrow, will be good too. Um, fingers crossed I don't forget to post it on YouTube. And if you see some pimples, like uh, the, I think I think this pimple here, this is proof that I had a shake. You see that? Thanks, Alan. And I have one here too. Uh, and this side. Man. You, you would think that making dosing Accutane for a while would help, but apparently not. Oh, that's horrible for your fertility, so I stopped that ages ago. Viking, another question. Can exogenous, inje can exogenous injectable progesterone boost libido cognition, etc.? Um, not that I'm aware. I mean, I've always taken like low dose two milligrams five milligrams progesterone sublingually not orally because they can cause some kind of issue but uh, especially at higher dosages so if you have those 100 milligram tablets of progesterone just scrape some off um get a ballpark of two to five milligrams it's usually enough take that sublingually you scrape that off um you know with the the razor not for the guys who used to party I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar how to do this Right, everybody has a history, and I've had mine. Um, so yeah, scrape off a little bit and put it underneath your tongue. That will boost libido. But about injectable progesterone, 
Um, if you can find a two milligram formula or, or 100 milligram per one milliliter formula and you inject two IUs or 0.02 ml, um, yeah, it might work. It's up to you. Uh, cognition, not as much, right? You get cognition from the allopric, not alone, not the progesterone itself. But yeah, if you can source it, give it a try. Just start low, build your way up, but don't go to 100 milligrams per day because uh, you will uh, cause HPTA shutdown dramatically. And I would only dose it twice a week. Yeah, twice a week. And I would like an acute effect more than a subcutaneous administration, which has a longer lasting effect. So, yeah. Thoughts on Wesley Visser's last weekend? Uh, I think he looks better every show, dude. I like, I like Wesley. I mean, he's separated everywhere. He doesn't have weird lumps or bumps. He doesn't have any any muscle tears. Like if you look at Chris Bumstead, I mean, he has a great physique, but it looks like his what is his left quad? It looks like somebody shot a fucking harpoon through it. Like you have in the the middle of the quad, right? That's completely torn and separated. So you have an indentation there. Right? Talk to the hand, and then, and then the other side in the hamstring, there's an indentation, the torn hamstring there as well. So. Um, and of course, he has a little bit of these short biceps. One of them got torn. So, I mean, I like the guy. He has a stellar physique. But a guy like Wesley Vissers, I prefer more. Um, and not because he's also Dutch. I mean, I, I fucking hate Holland. <laughs> just because Wesley's from Holland uh, doesn't mean I hate him. I mean, I, I just like his physique. It looks strong. It looks powerful. He has a thick fucking jaw. You know, looks fucking epic. And he's got so much separation everywhere. And his muscle still looks clean. It doesn't look like he took a boatload of steroids and side enhancement oil. And, and now that he's working with, uh, what is it, Stefan, or boss of Outlaw on Instagram, who's also working with Nathan Diasha and Jordan uh, Peters. Um, and, and, and maybe some advice here and there, uh, you know, from yours truly. Uh, he's getting fucking nasty peeled. And he's, I like his physique. Will he get love at the Mr. Olympia? Probably not. <laughs> but at least he's uh, he's got a gym and a, and a clothing business and a good sponsor, and he's providing for all of his family, uh, keeping all the money in the family, which is something I highly respect. Yeah, so good on Wesley. I hope he wins uh, today. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's the one, the, uh, the animated version. Yeah, the animated version. Let's see. Mm, where are we? Aaron Grit. Dude. Uh, remember to like and subscribe to those watching. Jesus, you have, don't have to pay for that, man. You still need to reach out on uh, Instagram, by the way. I didn't see your name come by yet. If you're going to moderate, then uh, let me uh, return the favor, dude. Coach, I started 10 milligrams of Vuroxetine. Thoughts? I mean, it looks promising for neurogenesis, but I haven't used it myself. If I do go back on an F SSRI uh, after my wife is pregnant, because again, SSRIs are not so good for fertility from all the research that I've done, um, I will keep you guys updated. But until now, I mean, I can only say that it looks promising. It looks more promising regarding neurogenesis than fluvoxamine, uh, but I haven't tried it myself. So, you know, do some more research What uh, is what I would say. Captain Flint, Steve, I've asked you before about crippling insomnia on Nandrolone only. I fixed it, dropped the bivalol, and now I'm sleeping. Any other changes? Why is this? Mm. That's weird. Hmm. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. Uh, fuck, I wish I had a notepad. Let me write a note to myself because this sounds interesting. Note to self on signal. In 
Insomnia on Nandrolone plus Nbitvalol fixed by taking Nbitvalol out. Nbitvalol out. Alright, um, I will do some research and I'll get back to you because this is one of those things that is interesting to me. I have no idea. But I will find a solution. Please remind me on the next Vigorous Q&A. Because now it's in the notes. So that means I'm going to have to research it. Sushi bra. <laughs> Man, the, the, the usernames never stop to amaze me. Uh, what do, what dose would you use GHK Copper at primarily for hair growth? Uh, Sub-Q, well, I'm using it topically. Um, I don't know, 5 to 10 milligrams topically. But I would mix it in, I, I would go with palmitate uh, GHK and then maybe inject uh, for topical because palmitate uh, GHK can actually permeate into the skin. But GHK copper is not as good in, as uh, permeating into the skin unless you're going to use GHK, K, uh, GHK copper with uh, microneedling. Right? Um, I think uh, Intelligent Shop just released, uh, Derek did a video about this, about derma rollers and microneedling pens. Um, so I would assume that doing that with uh, GHK copper would work. But if you inject GHK copper directly into the scalp, I mean, it doesn't permeate that far. So like, if you... Fuck, man, this, there's no skin here. And it burns. <laughs> it fucking burns. So if you get the derma roller, you just roll, you know, where you want to grow it, then apply the GHK copper and get ready for some fucking pain. And then, or, or put it on top and then derma roll it in. And then the palmitate GHK, I would do. And then uh, GHK copper, you just pin subcutaneous 5 to 10 milligrams because eventually it will go systemic. Just keep in mind that where you pin it, it will uh, potentiate some uh, skin thickening effect. That's why I always put it intramuscularly into my uh, triceps or my uh, teardrops. And that grew quite uh, substantially, right? But, yeah, the amount of deep tissue massage therapy that I needed to do in those areas was also very, very painful. All right, where are we? Uh, hey, Steve, what do you think is better in terms of bodybuilding when it comes to slightly or medium levels, elevated uh, blood pressure, Tomsartan, or Enalapril? <sighs> Man, that's tough. The problem is with the nanopril at the blood pressure managing dose, it really ruins your hematocrit. Uh, and Thomas Sartan, uh, you know, does it to a certain extent, but I still see high hematocrit and high red blood cell count on Thomas Sartan if you're overdoing the prima or the baldenone or anything else that is very erythropoietic, like anadrol, for example. But anadrol, uh, anadrol, ah. <laughs> uh. My God, sometimes, sometimes I'm fluent during these podcasts, and sometimes I'm just stumbling. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's been a long day again. So, uh, enalopril, yeah, will still lower your hematocrit quite dramatically, even if you're on a boatload of gear. So, uh, you know, you get a dose-dependent uh, modulation of blood pressure and whatever additional benefits or, or side effects you get out of that, that's a decision you're going to have to make. So, do your research. And then, uh, I think I have an article here, or in a study here, comparing all the angiotensin receptor blockers, if I didn't delete it yet. Uh, I probably deleted it. There's, there's a study out there 
that that um, lists or compares all the angiotensin receptor blockers, what their uh, potential benefits are, what their side effects are, and they can kind of compare. And it's a, it's a very interesting read. But um, yeah, that's it. It's something you can look into. Thoughts on Big Rami not competing at the next Olympia? Is that is that confirmed? Uh, let me Instagram it. I mean, the guy's going backwards, so and uh, why compete? I mean, at least Ian Valier is smart. He just stops. Right? He was going backwards also. He's like, why Why would I subject myself to um, all these drugs when uh, when I'm not making any progress anymore? Uh, what is it? Big Rami. Did he announce it himself? I'm freezing over here. I don't see any announcement. Hmm, don't see anything. So I don't know where you heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the guy is uh, not making any gains. <laughs> so. Let's see. Uh, is there any studies you're aware of about drugs being really strong the first time taking them couldn't find any? What do you mean? Drugs are always str strong <laughs> when you take them. I mean, some people build up a tolerance, right? I mean, like with alcohol, for example, there's particular enzymes. So let's say you don't drink alcohol for a while and then uh, you, you go, you know, drink a couple glasses. You're fucking wasted. But then the next day you drink the same amount of glasses and then uh, you just feel normal, right? Like the last time you drank alcohol, maybe three months, six months ago. So um, usually when I meet my buddies, when we go out for drinking, uh, I have one glass of alcohol the day before to kind of restart those enzymes that help break down alcohol. And then the next day I can uh, guzzle like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> so, so when I went to Japan, um yeah the first day i had maybe two glasses of alcohol and i was fucking toasted it's been like weeks or months that i had alcohol last and then the next day i could just you know go back to my previous uh stamina when it, when it comes to drinking so it's it's obviously it's not the, the healthiest thing to do uh, obviously it's not the best thing to do uh, just in general but yeah sometimes life happens and uh you know you have a lot to discuss, and uh, you know, the best business deals are made over um, steak, meat, and uh, alcohol, and cigars. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so we had a good time. Let's see. Ah, here it is. Janek, uh, I'll give you an example. First time I took enclomiphene, the first orgasm I had it was three times strong, but a few days in orgasm are back to normal. Uh, yeah, but maybe you have too many orgasms in a row. <laughs> You know, maybe you need to abstain a little bit, dude. Yeah. Oh, or, or, it, it, you know, it could be that you just hit the spot. It, that happens sometimes. You know, you come really hard and then you see stars and shit and your your tongue goes numb. You, know, you get the paresthesia on your tongue and your peripherals. And then uh, you're like, uh, yeah, you really have to kind of, you know, recover from that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, I. I don't think it has anything to do with drug metabolism. I think it's just a moment in time. You know, if you were asphyxiating yourself the first time and not the second time, then maybe that's the difference. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. 
Captain Flint, I read something from Alex Matrevsky that mentioned some sort of adrenaline signaling stimulating central nervous system with nandrolone and the buffalo. I can't find where I read it though. Worked for me. Okay. Uh, I probably have to look into it and, and talk with Alex. Did you guys see how good Alex looks right now? Or Alec? Jesus Christ, man. That guy got diced. Fucking diced. He was so bloated before right, dealing with his autoimmune disease. And I remember I sent him a, a message in the BioBros chat, which, I mean, there's no BioBros. <laughs> that, that shit is fucking dead. <laughs> I should get Alex on. Let me, let me just ask him right now. Fuck it. Let's get Alex on. At least he's available. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully he's available. Let me see. Where's Alec? Let's just fucking make it happen. The guy's in shape and he deserves more exposure. Yo, bro, people are asking about you. They want to see Bio Bros, but since Derek is uh, too busy for us, uh, let's just do me, uh, you and me together. Yeah? Uh, let me. That's, that's a fucking horrible message. Let's try this again. <laughs> hey, bro, uh, a lot of people asked on um, you know, the Vigorous QA about you. And uh, I think it's time for another bio bros. But since Derek is too busy, let's uh, just do one together. You and me next week or the week after, if you're not too busy dieting, let's make it happen and uh, please the audience because people want to know about hardcore stuff. And you're one of the few ones that's actually qualified to talk about it. All right, let's make it happen. Fuck it. Let's not procrastinate. It's been... Uh, well, we recorded in January, and then uh, the Bios was posted in what fucking April, so I'm not gonna wait that long anymore. Let's see. Ach so, Herr Commandant. Let's see. Kind ding. Where the guests were from? Primo from Turkey. From testosterone. Man, I really lost my German. All right. Joe, sorry. Put it in English. <laughs> also, drop the follow on Instagram. Forgot to do the work. Jim Balance and all. Most actively on Twitter. Dude, Twitter's toxic shit. <laughs> I'm going to start being more active there. Fuck it. Yeah. Shoot me a DM, dude. People in the fam, they get uh, taken care of. Just ask my wife. She's on the payroll, too. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Musletje. Hmm. All right. I'm paranoid about Sletje means a slut in Dutch. <laughs> so I'm not, not sure. Well, never mind. Uh, I'm paranoid about my nipples, but they don't feel itchy, but it looks like they got bigger and more puffy. Am I making myself crazy? So yeah, you are Dutch. And, and maybe you are Slutje. Okay. And it's not the best username to choose, dude. Right? Keep, keep your head up. A little bit of self-respect. If you want to be a slut, that's fine. Just keep your mouth shut. You know? And if you're a man, it's not called a slut. It's called an alpha male. Uh, let's see. So you're you're worried about your nipples. So go do your blood work, check your prolactin and estrogen level, uh, levels. If you're both in range, you have nothing to worry about. Steroids can also potentiate some water retention. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, and, and nine out of 10 people will not see that you have puffy nipples. So relax and stop playing them all the time. A little slut. <laughs> stop doing that. All right. If you want somebody to play with them and get somebody, uh, you know, that, that you like. 
Sammy the Bull. Hey, Steve. My SHBG is like 10 when I was 245 uh, pounds overweight. Oh, that's pretty low for being that heavy. I got on TRT, 150 milligrams per week. Lost 45 pounds. Good on you. 200 pounds now. 18 months later, my SHBG is 8 and erectile dysfunction is somewhat of an issue. Well, you lost 45 pounds, so you probably got erectile dysfunction and libido issues from the diet that you've been on, not just the SHBG. Watch the SHBG video. Increase your calories for a while. And then uh, take it from there. That would be my recommendation. Yeah. Let's see. Let's answer all the cool ones. I like timeouts. All right. Your wish is my command. Where is it? There you go. <laughs> Don't worry. It's only five minutes, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's kind of dying down in the chat. Is uh, Paul Burnett still going on? Still, I didn't get invited again to Paul Burnett's podcast. No, he stopped it already. I'm gonna make. A, I'm gonna send him a voice message too. <laughs> let's just troll. Uh, Alex said, "Deal." I'm down, my guy. I think we'll have an awesome discussion. Also, we'll get results. Uh, that's that's between him and him, uh, him and me. Okay, it's gonna happen, guys. Uh, Alec Matrevsky next week. Cool, cool. All right, let's send Paul Burnett a uh, text message. Where's Paul? So uh, when am I going to be invited on the podcast again? I feel a little bit left out. Everybody's talking about how much food I can eat, uh, but I don't have uh, anything to contribute because I don't have the link every week. Great. See you next week, asshole. <laughs> That's how we do it. <laughs> All right. So with Alex is going to work out, oh, we still have Anadrol pre-workout on the screen where are we robert is banned goodbye robert now we got 30 minutes left guys yeah that's how we talk off screen go for it. careful pause on train oh no shit i might have to redact it did you read it already probably not oh you read it already oh shit Let's see what happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a live play by play. It's more more interesting than uh, the play by play from Dubai Pro. He's <laughs> probably going to tell me my fuck myself. All right, lol, Steve. You have an open invitation whenever you want to come on. Okay, next week, next week. Pretty, please. <laughs> He has no idea that we're public with this shit. All right. So that's all set. We got uh, Alec Matrevsky and Paul Burnett and uh, maybe even uh, some other people. Yeah, but stay tuned for that. I don't want to announce it because then, you know, people walk out. And I've, I've said so many guys that they say they want to come on and then shit happens and then they ghost you and shit. So fucking gay. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Art for crypto. On cycle ever felt like you've been kicked in the balls randomly no because i've always uh, taken my hcg to sustain testicular fullness 
but I've heard this happen from people on progestogenic compounds like nandrolone, trimbolone, tristolone, chick drops, that kind of stuff. You are toast. Yes. Uh, what is this? Also, Steve, did you see the study called Aromatized Inhibitors Plus Weight Loss Improves a Monoprofile Profile of Obese Hypogonadal Men Without Causing Major Side Effects? I think I read through that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I read through that one. It's, um, of course, it would be better to get these guys uh, in better shape, you know, get their body fat levels down so they have less aromatized uh, inhibitor, uh, aromatized uh, enzyme activity in adipose tissue. But, um, yeah, I think I read that one. If you if you read most of the studies on aromatized inhibitors in men, whether it's in TRT or obesity uh, or even height uh, protocols, which I'm against, uh, that's why I don't talk about this on the YouTube channel, even though I get DMs on daily about it. Uh, sorry, kids, can't help you there. Your parents will sue me. Um, so, uh, you know, keeping your estrogen level somewhat favorable, there's no deleterious effects in, in longitudinal data. That's why I always laugh at these guys. Yeah, aromatized inhibitors are the devil. Look at all these side effects. Yeah, that's, that's when your estrogen is chronically low. Same effects of uh, postmenopausal states in women. So, but people can't read the interpret the scientific evidence because they never went to university. They just did electrical stuff, <laughs> you know. They just did manual labor. You know, you need you need to go to university to really understand these literatures. You know, and I, I'm completely for people making a career change, but then at least interpret it correctly, dude. So yeah, be careful you're listened to. <laughs> really. Uh, Dr. Todd talks about how he believes a combination of high estradiol uh, levels and increasing growth hormone dose leads to higher IGF-1 levels. Yeah, that's true. That's from all the scientific literature that I read that um, estradiol is a cofactor in IGF-1 secretion, just like uh, nandrolone is a cofactor in uh, the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. So, um, you know, that's why it, it's, it's better to keep your estradiol levels towards the top of the reference range or slightly superphysiological, but not too high to the point you risk uh, getting gynecomastia. All right, so I, I'm not against estradiol, man, but I'm not against uh, the use of aromatase inhibitors to prevent excessive water retention uh, to the point you need excessive amounts of uh, angiotensin receptor blockers or empagliflozin, you know, uh, sodium glucose type 2 inhibitors, or... Um, you know, diuretics <laughs> to manage your water retention or a risk gynecomastia and acne and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, balance is key. Even then, uh, my liver seems to be non-responsive to uh, elevated estradiol levels and high growth hormone. So I went the injectable IGF-1 route. Where are we? I miss early more plates, more dates content. Very, very happy for him, though. I watched him since 30,000 subs way back as in some day deep dives. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, Derek, Derek has a little, little bit of a different model, right? I mean, he has uh, multiple businesses, Gorilla Mind, Intelligent Shop, Merrick, a couple other side businesses, um, you know, and he has a very extensive affiliate program. So for him, it made more sense to go a little bit more vanilla and uh, do more reaction style content where you could still get people interested and then educate them accordingly. But as I, you notice from my YouTube channel, like deep dives, like hardcore deep dive content, it doesn't do well. You need to bait people in 
Um, and unfortunately, nowadays, if you go with the times, you see that most channels have turned into reaction videos. There's a particular scenario which is new. Um, there's a little bit of a time uh, dependency on that because it's just in news. So it's a hot topic. And if you make content within the first two days of that topic being, uh, you know, coming to the forefront, and then you make a reaction video to it. So people bait because they're interested into it. Then they watch your content and then slowly you start to educate them at the same time. Um, that is a very good way to get views and, and of course, drive more traffic to your business. Um, I tried to do that, but it, it, I don't know. I can't really say that's my style. Maybe later on in the development of my YouTube channel, I'll do more of it. I think I've got three reaction videos on my YouTube channel, maybe four, and that's about it. Um, I just like doing the deep dives, but most people don't like watching them, <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, yeah, maybe that's why my channel is uh, growing a lot slower than Derek has. And he's grown more without posting videos than I have the last year. Yeah, so I really need your likes. Get busy if you want to see more of the deep dives. Let's see, where are we? I'm sorry, I was just trolling, Robert. You asked for a timeout, so I gave it to you. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it's late and I'm feeling naughty. Let's see. I had a bad batch of semaglutide that caused high inflammation and severe acne. CRP at 12. You just have to wait it out. Or is there a protocol you need to pursue? Uh, whatever, wherever you got your semaglutide from, uh, throw it away because that shouldn't uh, happen, right? Semaglutide is water-soluble peptides. And unless the peptide was denatured, I mean, was it cloudy? Um, but yeah, you can get severe acne from, you know, having your CRP that high being so inflamed. That can definitely happen. I mean, acne gets exacerbated by chronic inflammation, systemic inflammation. So, um, yeah, just wait a week and the CRP will come down and the acne might take a little bit longer to uh, take care of. Watch all my acne videos so you know what to pay attention to. And then, uh, you know, it will kind of resolve itself as long as you don't continue to use the semaglutide. Uh, throw it in the trash. Uh, 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 uh. Daniel, Steve, still on keto? Yes, always on keto. Any advice starting out for a 2000 calorie cut? Uh, watch the keto video that I have on my YouTube channel. We talked about this last week. I'll talk about it again. 2550 uh, calorie ketogenic diet. It's five meals, all around 500 calories each. So if you want 2,000 calories, take one of the meals out, and then you're good. I like keto. It's not good for bodybuilding, but if it, it's great for cognition, even though I don't feel so cognitive now. But again, it's the end, the end of the day, guys. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I've been doing consultations all day. I'm starting to lose my voice. You hear that? Fuck, am I going to get sick? A little bit stuffy and a little bit stuffy. Fucking hell, dude. I don't have time to get sick. <clears throat> I did train fucking hard though today. Yeah, I did uh, hamstrings and the doctors and glutes. Yeah, I'm really starting to lose my voice. All right, next week, if I have four videos buffered, so don't worry about next week. But if I'm a little bit MIA uh, afterwards, then I probably got uh, the sniffles. Are you still in Thailand? Yes. Yes, I'm very much in Thailand. I love it here. All right. For Karian, I think. Uh, you want to go into a conversation with me, but <laughs> let's uh, let's do that for longer videos. 
Guys, don't, don't, don't jinx it. Don't fucking jinx it. Oh, fucking Robert, dude. Jesus Christ. You want to get muted again? <clears throat> On TRT, I noticed taking Fedosia aggressors works in keeping balloons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I just had a mental image. Oh, I'm sure you guys can use your imagination. Uh, slight, slightly inflated. What are your thoughts on using Fedosia while on TRT as opposed to being on TRT with ATG? Well, apparently it does have some interaction with the luteinizing hormone uh, chorionic gonadotropin receptor. So if you can remain some fullness, and, um, well, you can do it on blood work, right? Because your LH and FSH will still be low, but the Fedosia aggressives will potentiate some luteinizing hormone-like effect. Um, so if your testicles feel fuller, why don't you run it for three to four months, do some semen analysis and see, prove it with a semen analysis in this case, if fertility parameters are uh, somewhat sustained or at least better than before. So, yeah, I don't see anything against it. You know, uh, yeah, I don't see in this don't dose it too high because otherwise you might get uh, nephrotic tissue in your uh, testicles. Yeah, as it was shown in those rodent models, when they overdid the Fedosia agrestis, then they might get some testicular issues. But it's the same with men suffering from a pituitary adenoma. Their LH, HCG, FSH levels are so high, they have super high testosterone levels. And if they leave that undiagnosed, um, they also have nephrotic tissue in the testicles because the LH, FSH, and HCG or LHD receptors are just hammered by these uh, pituitary hormones, which are over-secreted due to the adenoma. So, yeah, don't stimulate it too hard. You might have issues. What is the price of GH in Thailand? Um, I don't really know. I don't buy my GH here. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't buy generics here. So you have to ask in the pharmacies. Could be anywhere between, I don't know, 4,000 baht for a kit of 100 units to 7,000 baht. You know, depending on the brand and how well you negotiate, how many kits you buy. Um, what your accent is. If you have an Australian accent, they charge you more. <laughs> Fucking sucks. That's true. That's what I told Nick uh, Nicholas Weir, or Wire. Um, you know, it's on the Anabolic Bodybuilding Podcast. He um, he uh, he went to the pharmacy and I told him, said, they don't go there because just use Line Messenger, which is how we order our steroids. Um, don't go there because they know that you're an Australian and they start charging you more. Ah, finally, super chat again. I thought I was going broke here. Uh, just support, thanks for the information you always share. By the way, there are surprisingly many articles, uh, Telmasartan versus Nalapril. Just start reading. Okay, I'll look into it. Yeah, I'll look into it for sure. Um, well, you don't have to, these words are not blocked, so you don't have to use the at sign. Um, yeah, those, those words are not blocked. But yeah, good stuff anyway. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. It's been a while. Does Cialis give Anivar look? No. 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 Difference between swimming, holding breath versus other cardio. Is there a benefit for the heart? Well, the benefit of swimming is that um, you have to, well, holding your breath. I would just do normal swimming where you do either the, I don't know what the names are in English because when I swam, I was in Holland and I did it for many years. Borst crawl and the butterfly stroke. Fuck, it's... Anyway, you regulate your breathing through different uh, swimming techniques. 
And of course, when you go to the pool, it's the air is very clean because most of the dust would just get stuck in the water. So it's a better air to breathe, in my opinion. Uh, besides the chlorine, of course, that they put in the pool, uh, in the pool, that might not be good for your skin or your uh, lungs with long-term exposure. Uh, but you use your entire body, so that's why I like swimming. The problem is all the swimming pools here in Thailand, um, full with kids. So, and, and when I used to swim in my hotel condo, that had a 50 meter pool, it was great. Uh, you go six in the morning and go swimming. It was in the shade, <laughs> it was freezing, freezing cold. Yeah, so I did that for fuck, six to nine months when I was living in that condo. Uh, I like swimming, dude. Um, I, I would say it's same benefits for the heart, but you use more of your uh, skeletal muscle compared to other forms of cardio, even compared to the elliptical, I think that the elliptical is easy compared to swimming. The problem is most of the bodybuilders would cramp crazily in the pool. <laughs> I, I would cramp crazily swimming for an hour. Yeah, but I love swimming. It's good, good for your lats. Pool full of pad thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's different kinds of germs in Thailand though. Let's see. I think I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna wrap it up for today. It's <laughs> not so many people and I'm getting pretty tired. So oh really? For some reason wouldn't let me post without the Really? That's weird. Hmm. Normally uh, I would get the Telmasarctan in the Analapril. It's not it's not added to the blocked list, that's for sure. Drugs are not added to the block list. The brands are added to the block list. And certain people are added to the block list, but uh, brand, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals, no way. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. I'm getting sleepy. Uh, this was great. Uh, next week we'll do one hour, uh, two hours and thirty minutes again. But it's uh, it's been a long day for me. How many how many weeks we got left? Oh, that's that's uh, Paul. Let me get back to him. Uh, let's see. Next week one. Next week. Oh, next week I'll be forty. So be sure to congratulate me on my fucking birthday yeah all right guys uh watch the beginning of the video uh read some of the follow some of the links right a 30 percent off gorilla mode gorilla mode next week monday 10 a.m pst time you'll never get a discount like this for the next couple of years so stock up if you're like gorilla modes and use code vigorous to get 30 percent off obviously so i can get a kickback um which is not as great as 30 percent, unfortunately just 10 percent. so guys peace out see you next week and uh, stay out of trouble, or at least don't get yourself into too much trouble um, like I always do, because uh, trouble uh, reduces your gains, apparently. So, have a nice weekend, guys. See you later.